I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. And we're watching a movie today, but only the first half of the movie. That's right. Because that's what we do now. That's because I decided it was a good idea (laughs) to not make people listen to four hours of us losing our minds. And also because Maddie, every single time, was like, I'm exhausted from editing these. And I was like... Why are we watching these in like six hour increments? <laughs> I know. And also this movie was two and a half hours long. So, okay, let's that see. That was the first thing. But before we do that, we have to do a shout out because Todd is joining us today. That's right. As hey, always. Welcome back. To endure torture <laughs> of the Fox films. I, we just keep going further and further down into the crypt, into Apocalypse's tomb. And just, yeah. it's... It's it's getting worse and worse. But this is it. This is the last movie. No. There was definitely never another Fox movie after. Oh this. my god! That definitely never. You're happened. so close to the end. We've got one more after this, unfortunately. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X Men and the two Deadpool movies, which I actually am excited to watch because those are pretty watchable. Which are also Fox films. Okay, they were Fox films that were left in the corner for Ryan Reynolds to do whatever Ryan Reynolds does, and that's why it's successful, because it was just like nobody was paying attention to it at first, and then suddenly they're like, oh, people like Deadpool? Yeah. I mean, I think people were paying attention in the sense that Ryan Reynolds campaigned to do the first movie for like 10 years. Can we talk about how insanely famous Ryan Reynolds is now? Because he's like in everything. And he doesn't act in any of his roles. And we still love him anyway. I was thinking the other day about how weird it is that he was Detective Pikachu. Like, we shouldn't have let him have that one. Like, he was just Ryan Reynolds again in that. Like, why didn't we? I don't care. I don't care. I love Ryan Reynolds. He's funny. Is he funny or is he just a hot guy, Ryan? A little bit of column A, a little of column B. I know. We don't need to talk about Ryan. Ryan Reynolds. Todd is very what sleepy. We woke him up in the middle right of the night. Now. Speaking of hot guys, Oscar Isaac <laughs> is in this as Apocalypse. And for the record, not hot. Not hot in it. Yeah, but what? <laughs> what? Wait, did you not know that was him? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's hilarious. Infinitely funnier. Oh my God, yeah. you didn't know that. I love that you didn't know that. I love that yeah. you didn't what? know that. Okay. I didn't know that. And he's in such ridiculous over-the-top heavy makeup the entire time. That's correct. And doesn't sound like himself ever. No, does they put not. so much so much filtering on his voice. He doesn't sound like himself at all. Doesn't look like himself. May as well be a CGI character. Not sure there's any <laughs> Everyone's like, oh my God, it's so funny that you didn't notice it was Oscar Isaac. 
And then we're going to talk for 20 minutes about how completely like they just turned him into someone else. The reason it's funny is because this was one of the major criticisms of this movie. And I'm just surprised you missed the discourse about it is that they made Oscar Isaac so unrecognizable. And yet he was billed as like one of the stars of the movie. Like that was one of the major complaints. Like this is right after The Force Awakens. Oscar Isaac is Hollywood hottie. And they put him in this movie as the least attractive he's ever been. Oh, wow. This was after the yeah, yeah. Force Awakens was 2015 and this was 2016. Yeah. What I'm hearing is that we're going to do a Force Awakens bonus pod on here. Ha! No. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Brian, stop. Stop telling us we're doing more work. We can't. We Everyone's tired and we're doing this piece of shit. <laughs> I feel like we at least would enjoy Force Awakens. Ryan came in here and made me listen to him talk about Mannequin for an hour before before we even started recording this thing. Now he's like, right, um, we're doing Force Awakens also, and we're doing a mannequin podcast. And Yeah, we are doing a mannequin podcast. I'm mm, here for it. Okay, no, no. so I usually come into this with two things. One being like, what was our first experiences with the movie, if we had seen it before, which we can talk about. And also, we can. fun facts about this movie. There are no fun facts about this movie. They're all unfun facts. This was in production directly after Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. It's a sheer chaos movie because Brian Singer was finally going through the allegations of all the shit that he frankly deserved. Yeah, two lawsuits were filed yeah. right before the filming of this movie, and yet he was permitted to keep filming it. He allegedly left set for 10 days according to Olivia Munn who was one of the last people added to the script by the way which I think is sort of interesting but we can get into that um she plays Psylocke in this I can't believe he left set for 10 days and according to Olivia Munn just sent a text being like yeah just go ahead and film without me <laughs> like okay. parts of this movie did not have a director at all <laughs> like that's nuts yeah also at the time he literally after all these allegations, he went on Twitter and posted a picture. And he's like, I'm so happy to be a father with my straight wife and my baby. And I was like, what <laughs> yeah. is happening? I mean, that's just the kind of thing you do when you're countering allegations of pedophilia yeah. with young boys. Wait, 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 wait. Did he, did he actually use the phrase straight wife? No, that's Ryan's editorializing. Well, he did not okay. do that. I'm just, re- I don't. Look, no, I'm we have hit it as it was, you know? <laughs> we have hit the historical, okay, we have hit the historical period where someone saying that literal phrase on Twitter would not shock me anymore. No, I know, like, because we're in 2016 now. Right? Like, we are in a weird time. So this is May 2016. Like we, we are in a post, we are in a post games dude talking about how much he loves his Asian wife by saying, I love my Asian wife. Yes, or I love my curvy wife. When was that guy? I love my curvy wife. <laughs> that guy became a viral my guy. My curvy Asian heterosexual wife. I love her so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking of Avenue Q now, my girlfriend who lives in Canada. That's Brian Singer. Yeah. Yeah, that's much more of the vibe for him. But anyway, yeah. that's it's ugh, he, it's, it's bad. He was he was fading from the spotlight. He was in the midst of being canceled as this film was being made. Nonetheless, it has some classic Brian Singerisms in it that came back to me instantly. Oh, same. The sexualization of Jean Grey, who is a child in this movie, is so fucked. <laughs> I cannot. Okay. However, however, it upset me at the time. It's worth saying that. Like, no, I don't know. No. It's a, it's upsetting to me too. But for Xavier to be sexualizing her like yes. that is in canon. I'm just gonna say that. I just don't believe Logan would do it. I just, I think that part is so weird. Okay, I, Maddie, I, we have not watched that part yet. You did. You're right. You're right. 
you're right. Okay, you're <laughs> we right. We can talk about that. It's still next relevant. Week. Like you can't, you can't pretend it's not going to happen in the yeah, future. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just okay. So Todd watched the first half of the movie and then a little bit more. I watched all of it. Ryan stopped right at the halfway point. So wow, hold on. This is his last movie, by the way. I know. Thank fucking God. Whose last movie? Brian Singer's. In general. Right? Like, he has not made a movie, period, since... Did he die? No. no. <laughs> he is no longer allowed to make movies, dude. Yeah, people stopped letting him do this. The, the way that I said no, so of, disappointed. The sound of exhausted desperation in Maddie's voice. Like, like, did he only, die? And he's just only. like... No. If only he had fallen into a very deep pit and was still falling. Yeah. But unfortunately, he's still with us. I really need to tell you, I played like three hours of Midnight Suns before we sat down to do this. And so Great use of time, first of all. I'm a little... I'm a little punch drunk when it comes to Marvel. <laughs> I love it. A tiny Bring bit. Bring it the fuck on. Bring it the fuck on because this movie deserves it. Yeah, we need to be funny because the game is The game could, is not could funny. use some some more jokes, but magic is good in, good in it. You must agree with me there. Love her. In love with her. I do I do enjoy her. I do enjoy. She has some good lines later. But anyway, do we have anything else we want to say before we start? Oh, we should talk about the first time Ryan and I saw this movie because we liked it and we need to admit defeat. I know why we liked it, though. I was thinking about it because the reason why we liked it is that we saw it with like the entire cast of D-Men. We saw it with D-Men. Mary Ellen was there. Cal was there. Ryti was there. Everyone was was there. Everybody we've ever done a production with was like in this audience and Mm -hmm. we were all talking to each other throughout the movie, which I'm sure was obnoxious. If only Todd had been there. <laughs> if only. Well, we didn't know Todd. We didn't yet. know Todd. Otherwise, yet. he would be there. Well, let's I be know. real. Well, okay. Wait, 26. Yeah, no, me and Todd were friends, but I hadn't yet introduced the two of but you. But I didn't know Todd. <laughs> I was like, hold yeah, on. Yeah, I, I hadn't yet introduced. <laughs> Did you just wipe out the four years I lived in Boston I know. <laughs> Guys, it's okay. Yeah. I remember my own life. Everyone, please, please stop fighting. Are you sure? This is an X-Men podcast. We don't have our memories anymore. Time travel is real. Yeah, you're right. This was in the midst of the Days of Future Past timeline split. So, like, Todd wasn't yet in the same reality as Ryan, but they would soon merge. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> my body was being inhabited <laughs> right. by Hugh Jackman oh from the future. <laughs> oh my god. Huh. Sexy. So what you're saying, basically, is that you remembered liking this movie, but in fact what you liked was spending time with all of your cool friends, not the movie. Yes. Yeah, we went to Papa Gino's afterwards. We a did, place and that didn't nobody we... on this podcast will know what we're talking about because yes, it's will. a New England only chain. No, it's not. Yes, no, it's, it's, yes it is. It is. Papa yeah. Gino's is only New what? England. Yeah. Okay. Uh, listen. Okay. We saw this movie. We enjoyed it. We had a great time with our friends. I I want to also say some other things about that Ryan because there are actually some scenes in this movie that I still like, and we can get to them as we get to them. But there are a few things in this movie that are they in the first half. No. <laughs> no. Because if you're describing when Gene turns into the Phoenix, I'm like, well, yeah, that seems cool. But that's like the last five minutes of the film. That part is cool. And I think that, that the fact that the movie ends with that is something that means that I, I remember leaving the theater excited and hopeful that there would be a good Dark Phoenix movie, which is hilarious in retrospect. Uh, There's some gay shit with uh, Magneto and Charles in the second half of the movie. I enjoyed that. 
I even enjoy Magneto fucking killing shit. You know, it's Magneto. I like watching him destroy things and murder people. And he does a little bit of that in this movie. Okay, I have so many things to say, but oh my God. To response to Magneto, mm-hmm. I love how his scenes literally like have no stakes. Like we're introduced to things that like will not matter, but they do because we're supposed to care about them. Yeah, like characters who are only invented for this movie and all die. All of them. Yeah, in, in the first five minutes of there. Die. And Michael Fassbender will roll in and be like, okay, I know you just met these characters and you don't know anything about you, but I'm going to come in with this character acting yes. at like 200%. Yes. And it's like <laughs> he's so like, much greater so than the rest of the movie. So intense. I feel like that's the other thing that I liked was that he, Michael Fassbender is so talented as an actor and I know he's an asshole in person like I've heard how difficult he is to work with however he's so talented that he can make me care about an entire plot line that doesn't need to exist and I don't know why it's in the film yeah I was also gonna say that Michael Fassbender also says that like he's aware that he's an asshole and he realizes he's fucked up so like I think Michael Fassbender also doesn't like himself which is sad I know he's he I'm not saying he needs to get canceled I'm just saying he's very grumpy and many yeah. people have said that. They said he's a grumpy grump. Okay, have you seen that reaction gif of the sportscaster with the beard and the basketball player comes up behind him? No. I will have to track it down and show you so that you can understand that that is the only thought I had about Michael Fassbender for the entire movie. What? what why? Because he has a beard? Yes. And it's it's kind of hot. Oh, really, he looks. That's the other really thing. Wanted, is he talented or is he just hot? It's a question we ask about Ryan Reynolds. A question we ask about Michael Fassbender. We, just, we said about a lot of things. <laughs> he is smoking hot. I'm gonna go. You guys keep talking about production background. I'm gonna go find this gift. Okay, great. All right. So I'm also remembering why this was a great day for us mm-hmm. and why we enjoyed the movie is that I'm literally. Pulling up my vlog from 2016 that's on my YouTube channel. Yep. We did, a, we did a whole apocalypse party at Katie's house before we even went there. We watched all the apocalypse episodes from X-Men TAS, X-Men Evolution. And it was like April, and for some reason it was 95 degrees. We had an 80s theme party. First right. of all, we're all wearing 80s clothes. Yeah, and we made a bunch of like cupcakes, and we had a bunch of props, and we put a bunch of signs around Katie's house. Uh, I'm pretty sure we watched the Apocalypse episodes of the animated series, which is how Maddie and I instantly realized when watching the movie that they just copied Apocalypse's lines from TAS. 100%. Simon Kimberg's classic playbook. They were like, we like these lines, put them in the movie somewhere. I don't know where in the movie you want to put them. Simon Kinberg, who wrote this movie, is obsessed with X-Men TAS. Fucking obsessed with it. Has never read a comic book that I know of. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) He's... He's kind of what's what's the word I want? Gay? Lazy? He's a hack. <laughs> Look, just, oh yeah, he's absolutely a hack. I truly don't just choices, man. Choices get made. Stuff happens in this movie and like I'm only halfway through it and like 30 seconds will go by and it'll just be me in my apartment alone looking at a paused frame of the movie and the Disney Plus browser window going what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why? Or rather, why just happened? Why Why did that? Why was that a thing? Mm-hmm. Why is that here? I'm watching oh. the GIF that you sent us, and it is visceral. It's incredible. I am trying to open this. It's Hold on. Truly, it is. Oof. It is. Mwah. It is a visual language. I'm right? picturing myself doing this to Michael Fassbender, and it's great. It's it's 
really it's, it's uh, giving nice. my brain it's the warm soothing. and fuzzies. You know, I'm thinking about doing a lot more to his face than petting his beard, but you know, that's personally my opinion. But like, isn't this gif just giving you that warm feeling of like, oh, if only I could pet Michael Fassbender's beard. Like, uh-huh. Listen, you guys don't understand that beards are like, like not long beards, but like nicely trimmed beards are like my thing. Like, not for me, but I'm men. So basically the perfect beard that Michael Fassbender has in this movie where it's like he's got a full oh, beard yeah. but he's maintained yeah. it you there's know? nothing hotter than making out with a dude and running your fingers through his like not like a, i'm not talking about like viking little beard but i'm talking about like just a like a nicely trimmed beard mm-hmm. it's fucking hot wow i am not gonna lie i subconsciously just started running my hands through my own beard oh, beard what are you telling me todd which <laughs> Which doesn't, oh, which no. does in fact kind of fit this, fit this. Uh, okay, break it up, don't, you two. Don't, like, okay, we're gonna look, flirt, just we're don't, gonna flirt it, on. Do air not and rub your dick with our on listeners. a beard. It's what? scratchy. You're gonna regret it. Okay, is this personal it's experience? Just, <laughs> like, what's oh my happening? god! So the movie starts with oh, a monologue from Professor Wait, Xavier. Maddie, before we even say that, la, la, we, I, la, have la. To, I have to cover the fact that. That apparently, now that we're going to just leap back into this, that apparently this movie is not based off of any of the apocalypse story arcs nope. from X-Men. It's based off of the fall of the mutants. That's what they said. They said they based it on fall of the mutants. There's nothing from that plot in this movie. Yeah, what? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean it's based on that? That's what it says. The plot was based on fall of the mutants in the x-men comics and that's what they said they based this movie off of don't know why they said that from 1988 yeah it's a it's the one where they all faked their deaths okay but that's not what happens in this movie i know i'm just telling you that whoever was behind the production of this movie just fucking lied did random shit all right maddie i can't listen this movie does so many things that just aggravates me like why is moira mctaggart not moira mctaggart at all she's like the leader of the cia and she fucking isn't a scientist and she's not scottish like did they they didn't even try with anything i know fucking scott is like the younger brother of havoc their parents are alive alive. there's no but it's like jubilee is the fucking senior member of the x-men i don't know like gene and gene and scott are new but jubilee has been around for like the entirety of the X-Men school. And then Mystique is of course the hero of the entire world. I, what, I, like Storm's running a fucking crime ring. Like what is happening in this movie? I, I thought, okay, I thought the Storm thing fit though, right? I like, mean, Cause I her agree. backstory is that she was yeah, a- Yeah, that's the closest one. She was a petty thief in Cairo. Yes. Although right. that was like a shadow- Yeah, I mean, instead of the Shadow King, it's Apocalypse. Shadow, I was about to say Shadow Realm, like it's fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! I can't remember. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, instead of the Shadow King showing up and recruiting Storm, it's Apocalypse showing up. By the way, the mutant metaphor in this, gone. Gone. They like repeatedly say, oh yeah, people love mutants now. Yeah, you know why? This is the most aggressively heterosexual movie I have seen ever. It's very very heterosexual, which is why I'm kind of sad that you two didn't watch the second half where uh, Charles and Eric get their little <laughs> gay, real gay moment together. I mean, cool. But but like there was only there was only one really good gay metaphor line and Mystique has it. Yes. Yeah. And it's a great line. I I am Look, I know that this is continuing the Mystique from the previous movies that y'all didn't like and I 
kind of didn't 100% really like her either. And that it's not Mystique, mm-hmm. but it's like some other woman, but that's fine. In terms of this movie. And honestly, I would say in terms of Days of Future Past 2, she was clearly my favorite character in both of those movies, though, oh. because she has had enough. <laughs> and like That part of it is fun. Relatable. The most relatable experience where she is just like, I am fucking done yeah. with you people. I do love anyone who hates Xavier, which she does. And even though I'm like, I don't really know who this character is. She has no allegory in the comics because she's nothing like Mystique, but it's not like she's similar to anybody else we know. So she's just kind of her own random heroine. It's like just randomly Katniss from The Hunger Games is in this movie. I don't know what you're talking about. She's Sharon Carter. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, I, guys, this movie. All not right. Do we, wa- do we want to start going through we, it? We've done, we've done a great job of cutting the movie episodes into two halves. So that they're shorter now that we are 24 minutes into the recording and have talked not at all about even the first 15 seconds of the new Stargate movie, which really looks right. Right. Um, I think Todd said it best because, by the way, the opening of this movie is like 10 minutes long and nothing fucking happens in it. It's like so boring to watch. I was like infuriated with how bad it was. Okay, actually, quite a lot of things happen and it's deeply confusing is how I would describe it. (laughs) Okay, maybe I've just shut off my brain. The thing that bothers me most about this whole stupid opening Zelda dungeon sequence that they do is that they have people chanting... And Saba Nur at the same time that there's a song, and I couldn't tell if they were chanting or if it was a song or if there was both, and that made me so angry I couldn't focus on anything else. Yeah. Well, here's what made <laughs> me movie, angry. Guys, Apocalypse bad. is supposed to be the oldest ever mutant, but there's like 16 other mutants in this pyramid. Who are they? They're all gonna die. I don't know. But who the fuck are these I don't people? Know. No, they they explain this one. Well, okay, Moira explains Kinda. this one later, which is deeply funny. I'm like, how the fuck does Moira know? Yeah, Whatever. I, uh, I think they're supposed to be the horsemen, right? Like, okay. no, they are the horsemen. He, but they're mutants. He made them. Okay, but 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 I'm just saying the mutant gene no, apparently dumb. developed. I'm with you. You know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, the mutant gene was around, but then nobody noticed it for a really fucking long time. There's another mutant there that can heal because Apocalypse is stealing his power. Yes, and also the woman, the the blonde woman who lives in ancient Egypt and is blonde, whatever, fine. And it has her face half burned off. She has her face half burned off, but also she is, she has telekinesis and she protects Apocalypse when he's getting crushed by the pyramids. So the very beginning you know, of this movie. They didn't actually do any research of this movie. They just watched those episodes with Apocalypse in it and the animated series and copied his lines, but like put them in arbitrary places in this movie. Well, they also added in a whole bunch of other random shit where they were just like, okay, so we have the source material, but what if we just kind of threw it in a blender <laughs> and mixed everything around and just kind of did whatever we wanted with it. It's like it's like a little mutant smoothie. Yeah. yeah. Mm, so I like, sure, Apocalypse is the only mutant and he's worshipped in the past. But what if instead of that, there were a whole bunch of other mutants and he was stealing their bodies and inhabiting new bodies and that was how he lived forever and... That's not even a thing. And when you steal his body, you lose your hair or like it turns white. Yeah. Why do you lose your hair? And then also you get a really old prosthetic covered face that's blue. 
you get that as soon as you become Apocalypse. You stop being Oscar Isaac the hottie at the beginning of this movie and you start being <laughs> you suddenly Oscar want Isaac to make out the old man. the stormtrooper. <laughs> no, you start out that way and then you get inhabited by Apocalypse and you become a different older man. I don't understand what else happens is other than there's a transference and then there's some Egyptians that are like, we don't want to follow this guy. So they try to kill him and bury him underground. They do. That's the scene. I have listened to a lot of our movie episodes and I've realized that I'm good at this. So I'm just going to roll on. And please do. <laughs> so there's a pyramid. They're taking Ensavenor into the pyramid, like a whole, like a parade full of people. Yep. And they take him inside. And there's a shit ton of slaves outside this yep. fancy ass fuck off pyramid who are like, Ensavenor. Ensavenor. <laughs> yeah, they're so pumped. Apollo holds up his arms. He's just the rock star thing again. They're so psyched for Ensavenor. But the problem is that Ensavenor is like six billion years old. And he's in like. Cape with a huge metal he's hat. Like, he's like in a giant. Egyptian Ziploc container, yeah, yeah, that they're they've used to keep him fresh or whatever. <laughs> right? But like the, the thing, the thing that's happening as the, like the the stupidest fucking thing as they're dragging this whole cortege inside. Right? We see a guy like make a tiny gesture with his hand, and then someone in the crowd a million miles away <laughs> somehow sees it and also makes a tiny gesture with his hand. Which might as well be like an old spy movie where there's somebody outside going, whip, whip, whip. right? Like that's the signal. It's the spies goodbye all over again. Or what? <laughs> oh, it's about as well thought out, right? So they take Hockey Lips inside the the pyramid, Pocky Lips, and the lady with the half burned off face and the white hair is like, okay, so we found this guy who heals. <laughs> when you when you cut into him instantly and then Hugh Jackman sits up and is like, I don't want to be in this movie. Oh, my God. You say that as a joke, but like he does come in in the second half of this movie for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. Like there's like a whole subplot where we introduce Hugh Jackman, you know, 75 percent into the movie. Why not? Why wouldn't they? So they they put Pocky on a table. They put Healy guy on another table and they turn on the pyramid. <laughs> Which is the only way I can think of to explain yeah. this. The like, Stargate theme starts. It's solar powered. These two pallets that they're lying on have special abilities. Speaking of Stargate, did you hear that piece later when Apocalypse was like, I've been called many things, including Raw. And I was like, so you're like that gay man from Stargate is what I'm hearing. Sure. And the god Ra from ancient Egypt. But yeah. No, there's only Stargate now. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so old Apocalypse lies down on this stone pallet and young, sexy Oscar Isaac and uh, Loincloth lies down on the other one. Wait, they're both played by Oscar Isaac, though. Is that what you're telling me? I thought it was no. two different people. No, it's two different people. Um, and then the old Apocalypse Are transfers sure? his body. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure old Apocalypse is played by someone else. We gotta Google this I th- shit. I think, I think he looks a little different, but this is... Not an important plot point to get hung up on, Ryan, <laughs> because this... It is to me. It, really it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Everyone's about to get buried by stones in about 15 seconds. So it kind of doesn't so matter. So they manage, they manage to transfer Apocalypse's mind and all of his other mutant powers into Oscar Isaac's body. So now he has his old personality and all the other previous personalities, I guess, and powers and... Oscar Isaac's new sexy body, which then turns blue. Oh my god, which I was trying to Google this, and actor Oscar Isaac has admitted that shooting for X-Men Apocalypse in a glue latex and 40-pound suit was excruciating for him. Oh, you think? You think? It's excruciating for us, too. Yeah. 
I feel like there was a better way they could have gone about these prosthetics, but you know, that's just my personal thoughts on this. Oh my god. I uh, <laughs> They like actually built some armor, like real armor, and they're like, please wear this. So they do all this, but meanwhile the slaves outside are rebelling against Apocalypse and his leadership or whatever the fuck is going on here, and they throw these stones into these tunnels. <laughs> okay! Here's the thing now. <laughs> That destroys the pyramid. Okay, so one thing about the pyramid that we should mention, because it's going to come up later, is that it's solar powered. It is. Yes. Like when it bathes in the rays of the sun is when all of this shit. It's also, we are in the center of Cairo, right? Like, I think because that's where they find him again later. No. Well, Mm, yes. It doesn't matter. Because eventually this place gets buried underground and they build a falafel place on top of it, which I cannot (laughs) even believe is shit that I get to say. But it's the truth. Uh, But like these giant, okay, so it, the slaves are still out there chanting like, and Sabanor, we want more, and Sabanor. <laughs> but there's like five, there's like five guys who are making these hand signals to yeah. each other yeah, from yeah, like yeah. 7,000 oh, feet I away. I going to say there are five guys making burgers, but whatever. <laughs> ah, <laughs> boo. Jazz hands with these, they, they kick these, there are these long ass channels yep. down below the pyramid and they kick these gigantic fuck off blocks that are like the size of a city bus <laughs> with a big red arrow on top of them and I'm like is this a god of war Ragnarok puzzle Okay, like I just imagine someone going father kick the rocks into the pyramid you can tell which way they go because of the giant arrows it's also like did they build this pyramid so that it could be destroyed like why do these huge rocks with arrows on them exist (laughs) that's a fair point Maddie it's so dumb it is such a it is such a like death star weakness situation it's it is really like that or like a Zelda puzzle where it's like as soon as they put these rocks here which they had to build it in this way the pyramid collapses from within collapses without destroying any other buildings it just collapses in on itself and creates a fucking vortex where everything falls underground and I'm like I don't understand (laughs) how that happened and Apocalypse gets buried and the only reason he doesn't die is that this blonde lady saves him in a in a fucking saves cocoon him. underground for like you yeah. know ten thousand years or some shit? I don't know how long. And the best the best part is that like we get to see like fifty people get crushed under yes. rocks in this five minute sequence. Just this one is how the movie starts after another. It's just a billion <laughs> people dying. Most of them mutants. These people were so horny for like the Wiley e. Coyote cartoons back in the day. They're like, what if we did that? But in like a very serious action scene. There's a lot of murder in this movie across the board. People are just dying yeah. left and right. But like apocalypse in this movie is fairly similar to the X-Men, the animated series where I don't understand what his motivations even are. There are scenes where he just like walks in a room and kills everyone by like blinking. And it could be like mutants or humans. There's no discretion. Like he's decided that the world needs to be purged of all the evil and shit, which fine. I agree. That makes sense to me. But he's like, I'm also just going to kill everyone and i was like what is happening but like you know he's not killing just humans but i don't even think he spells that out like i don't think he ever says oh i want to kill everyone or i don't think he says i want to kill humans he talks a bit in this movie i just don't think he ever actually says what it is he's trying to achieve so i think he kind of like implies Uh, only the strong survive. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would make sense if he actually said it. Because he starts talking about when he runs into Storm in Cairo. Yes. And he's like, 
absorbing the TV, which is the funniest it's fucking so thing. Funny. I don't understand how that works at all. It's it so, doesn't make sense. So we'll nuts. get there when we get there. But as he's as he's doing that, he's talking about like it's it's the weak. The weak have been allowed to rule. And I think the implications that like shit like nuclear weapons and mm-hmm. modern warfare and whatever like air quotes modern. The movie takes place in 1983. Apocalypse plays Call of Duty Modern Warfare and he's like, this is fucked up, Storm. And she's like, this, yeah, This is fucked, bro. <laughs> we should go back to karate. Karate was Cool. <laughs> you know the Call of Duty game in the 80s, by yeah. the way. Well, he absorbed everything on TV in the future also. Oh, my God. I'm totally imagining Apocalypse just like, we should go back to when it was GoldenEye. It's GoldenEye multiplayer and only clubs. That's oh like my real God. society. That was the only good multiplayer <laughs> FPS game ever. <laughs> Doesn't matter the controls were shit. Best game ever. See, that would have been a motivation. I would have understood that. I bought that. Yeah, exactly. You know, Apocalypse <laughs> would have been sitting there. He's like, listen, I Apocalypse is like, 60 FPS is the only true way. 30 FPS is weak and will be called from the earth. Okay. That's bullshit, but I at least understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Or he sat there, he's like, I played the multiplayer on a tiny TV and I couldn't see anything because it's been split in four ways and I fucking couldn't see a goddamn thing. God damn. Yeah, this is why he needs to make over the world is because he needs HDTV. <laughs> so Apocalypse gets buried underground and we get a monologue from Xavier throughout all of this that is not important. I didn't even know it was him at first. I was like, who's talking? And then eventually it was like, oh, it's Xavier. It's Xavier kind of doing the story. Star Wars crawl at the beginning of the movie where he's like doing a quick recap of the other movies because this movie is so confusing if you haven't seen them like okay so confusing you know what is also is going to be very confusing is whatever the fuck this opening sequence is where it's just like okay I, didn't know if- I worked it out I was ready for it because you you warned me about it the last time we did one of it's, these. We're traveling through the through the ages. But what if that was okay? I thought so that's what it was too. But there's other random shit there. Like they pass like a fucking swastika, and then there's a bunch of playing cards that fly around. I'm like, why are those there? The playing cards? Why is there? It's, it's history. They're showing history. Yeah. From yeah, you know how there was a swastika, and then there were a bunch of playing cards. We all remember yeah, that. I remember how that went. I everyone's just like, and then Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Why is that yeah, so that's confusing? That's so easy. So easy, Ryan. God, okay. It was, sorry. I'm sorry. You're it right. It was World War II, and then Gambit showed up, and then we had, you know, <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> okay, but X-Men Origins Wolverine, that would track in terms of like the timing. I truly love actually that they just went in on that swastika. Yeah. yeah they were like, like, we're not, we're gonna, we're not gonna subtly imply no. that there were Nazis or anything. No, we're gonna have a big Big fucking fiery swastika in the middle of like the eye of Saron in the middle of the uh, screen. Yeah, right? There's yeah. also like a fucking like toy plane driving into it. And I was like, what the hell is happening? Did you notice that they did the um, they did the Twin Towers? No. In that whole time <gasps> no. tunnel thing, too. Yeah. This fucking, yeah. this fucking movie, man. Like, not okay on so often, many levels. Off in the corner in like. <laughs> It, well, Amazing. okay, it's like, it, because, all right, so for, for the viewers just at home. Just a little, a little sprinkling of 9-11. It's just, it's just a dash. <laughs> well, what's happening is we're going through this, like, okay, you know every stupid fucking science fiction thing where they show you, like, a signal going through a wire, and so you get this, like, first-person visual of going through a narrow corridor that's flipping back and forth and making mm-hmm. friends. That's yeah. And you're like, this is the internet. <laughs> <laughs> this is we're going through the series of tubes. Like, that's what's happening in this stupid fucking opening sequence. And, like, intermittently, 
they'll slow down and we'll get some like major historical event. Like we got paintings from the Renaissance. We got the swastika for some fucking reason. Yeah. But like actual history is happening at like ultra high speed. Yeah. We're fast forwarding through all of human history. Right. And one of those ultra high speed things that happens in the tunnel is the Twin Towers. Wow. I totally I even that. saw that. I didn't even see that. I'm fully admit that I turned this on and was like not necessarily paying attention the whole time. I was legitimately just happy that it wasn't a DNA spiral. Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of DNA I spirals. Mean, give it time. I'm sure it will come back. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna. It's gonna happen whenever they make it to the MCU and I'm gonna be so annoyed. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just do a whole new thing. They're not allowed to do the DNA spiral anymore. I'm Think sorry. Think about Spider-Man. They were like, we're not going to kill Uncle Ben again. And we're like, oh, okay. We're not going to show his origin story. Yeah, they, they did just kind of let Spider-Man go ahead and start. They didn't show us all that shit again. So they, I could see them doing that with the X-Men. But let's not get distracted, guys. So we after the opening credits, it. we get Scott's introduction. Because we don't know who Scott Summers is. Uh, why, why am I watching this again? <laughs> because over like six movies, Scott Summers is simultaneously like 17 different ages for some reason. Yeah. Why am I watching this Speaking again? Speaking of We've origin stories, we origin don't stories need. In X-Men Origins. We saw this already. I know. Except Sabretooth attacked him. Now we're retconning that. Yeah, we're retconning we're X-Men. This is. We're retconning that. We're retconning. Didn't he escape in um, First Class? Wasn't he in first class? Him getting him doing the video game labyrinth with definitely not Emma Frost was um, X Men Origins. Yeah. Oh, okay. that was X-Men But I do That's think he saying. did have some sort of reference in first class, though. Well, yeah. they, we did. I, we did I a think whole you're right. Opening sequence where they went to go kidnap him, like Weapon X went to go kidnap him, and he manifested his powers, or I think he already had his powers because he like was wearing the glasses already, and then Sabretooth ran in and attacked him. Do you not remember this? It no, was insane. I do. We were like, why is this here? And now I'm watching this again, still asking the same question, why do I have to watch this again? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> So this is Scott Summers sitting in high school class, blinking blearily at some blonde girl and a jock, Duncan Matthews from X-Men Evolution. It literally is Duncan Matthews, though. Like, it it looks like it really is. Oh, my God. This is so... Are heterosexuals okay? No, no. absolutely not. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know straight the people. Stupid, the stupid jock is like, are you blinking at my woman? I'm like, <laughs> what does that even you know, mean? High school was a weird time, all right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Okay, and to be fair, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be 1983. Although I was five in 1983, and I my memory's not like great. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember anyone ever referring to their girlfriend as, quote, my girl, unquote. Well, uh, and definitely nobody was like, did you make eye contact with a person that I considered to be property? It's no, like, oh my he's God. not even making eye contact. He's closing his eyes in her direction. He's like, what the fuck is that summer? You hit on me or her? It's like, oh, yeah. my God. So Damn. Scott runs to the bathroom because his eyes are about to explode into lasers. Wait, by the way, it's like the end of class and he's like having some issue with his eyes. He's like, he's like, teacher, I need to go to the bathroom. My eyes really, really hurt. Something's wrong. And she's like, and you can go to the principal's office for disrupting my class. And then the bell rings. I'm like, first of all, the class is over. <laughs> Secondly, 
He's ha- he's in pain, teacher. Why are you like this bad? It's the 80s. Nobody was allowed to go to the bathroom back Okay, then. I also like the part where like the bell rings and she's like, everybody sit down. I was like, shut the fuck down. Are they all going to get a fucking like late? <laughs> like, holy shit, lady. <laughs> this lady yeah. is terrible. So Scott runs into the bathroom and hides in a stall and the bully, who looks fully 42 in this scene, I is know. banging on the wall or banging on the door and being like, come out, Scott. I'm going to fuck could kill you and it's like why would why why does he care so much he's so mad at scott for appearing i, I feel like this is that duncan matthews wants to fuck scott summers is what's really going on it here. really reminded me of that there was kind of like a vibe of like are you jerking off in there don't jerk off without me bro open the fucking door yeah. he's like, like are wow. you crying in there are you jerking off and crying in there and yeah. scott's like no and he like hauls himself up over the door <laughs> To look at him. Which I'm like, bro, if that had been me, I'd have fucking ended you on the spot. Respect my boundaries. Yeah. Do not enter this stall while I'm in it unless, unless. I mean, that Scott <laughs> does end this guy in the Pretty sense much. that his eyes fucking explode from the stress of it. And unfortunately, the guy doesn't die. <laughs> he just gets knocked over. But the yeah. entire ceiling gets destroyed. You can take some pleasure in knowing that his head gets knocked into a urinal on the way yes. down. So like that. But he's fine somehow. Because he because he yeah. just stands back up and is like, whoa, what was that? A huge fucking laser. <laughs> what the fuck? like, Where the fuck am I? Okay, so the thing that we left out. <laughs> the thing that we left out is that what is happening in class as Scott is being like, oh my God, I'm turning gay. Right, like, as that's happening. <laughs> my eyes feel gay. <laughs> <laughs> I can only see dicks now. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so tired. I'm so Todd, sorry. The, I, as that's no, happening. No, Todd, I just imagine instead of the optic blasts, he opened his eyes and two fully erect dicks so it's like, come out. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like wiggling around in Duncan's face. They would have to make that like snake popping out of a fake jar of peanut butter, like whatever. Like a yeah. And one of the dicks just hits Duncan Matthews on the face and he's like, Whoa! I didn't know you were a snake charmer, Scott. Okay, I'm gonna say what was happening in the movie now. Okay, I'll allow it. They're watching they're watching a movie in class. And the movie is about first class. Mm. And it's about how Magneto is very, very bad. Yeah, and they show Mystique. No, it's about how Magneto is very bad, but Mystique is very good because she didn't shoot somebody, yep. which is the weirdest fucking way. Because this version is not Mystique. I Whatever. love that. But that's literally what the, the teacher's saying. She's just like, but he, the president was saved by one mutant. I'm like, okay, but she saved him by not shooting him. That's confusing. It is. But she also saved him by convincing Magneto not to kill him. Right. Like, she talked Magneto out of it in that okay, moment. Okay, but they don't see any of that during this seminar. So that he can, so that he can move to Poland and get a very sexy beard. Mm. But, like, yes. when... Yeah. <laughs> I love how the soothed Ryan is like, <laughs> yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that for a minute. I'm going to be over here Quietly. silent for That'll a little while, fine. guys. Sorry. Okay. Continue on with the podcast. Just, just one moment, please. <laughs> but, like, when the bully is shocked... I'm like, bro, you literally just left a class about how people are developing superpowers approximately six minutes ago. Why does this surprise you? Yeah, it's kind of confusing because... <laughs> He's like, what are you? I'm like, I'm you, you stupid fuck. Yeah, it's, it's weird because this movie... You're clearly failing this class. ...that mutant, mutants are no longer 
as oppressed, like people are more aware of them. And for some reason, they're largely okay with them, which this feels like a post Obama years thing where it's like, oh, we're post racial now. But but they're also doing it in the 80s where it doesn't happen. The one good line that happens in this first half of the movie is Mystique talking about that later. Yes. And being like insidious bigotry is still bigotry. She's like, yeah, no, things are not. okay. I wrote it down. Charles, they still hate us. It's just harder to see because they're more polite about it. And Charles is like, what are you talking about? Everybody loves me now. Charles is like, no, but I'm white and rich. What's the problem? I don't have any problems. I do think it's portrayed inconsistently, though, in the movie. Because I I think that would be an interesting storyline if they committed to it. But it just doesn't quite hang together because mutants are still pretty rare in this movie. For one, there's only like a few of them ever and people are still definitely scared of them. And I just don't believe that things would be largely fine. And yet at the same time, like they have, they have that deleted scene that Ryan loves. Right. Where everybody in the mall is a mutant. Where everybody in the mall is a mutant. Everything's fine. But that conflicts with everything else that we're seeing where it's like, there's barely any mutants and like in Poland, Magneto's the only mutant within a 200 mile radius and everyone's like, oh my God, it's Magneto. Okay, to be fair, to be fair, why don't we talk about this when we actually get there? Because <laughs> what? I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna hold, I'm gonna hold on to this criticism until we've actually reached that scene in the movie or we're gonna be here all day. I know. First, we need to get to Mutant Fight Club. Oh, <laughs> this fight club. Quick. Quote, and then Scott was buried under rubble. The end is apparently a yes. note I had. Yep, that's it. Scott Summers died. Thank God. <laughs> Scott, yeah. Scott's dead. Movie over. Wait, but can we talk about nice, this fight club? Nice, tight 20 minutes. <laughs> what is this fight club? I was like, guys, I was so mad at okay, this. Okay, well, I have two observations. One, the movie's bad. I was weirdly happy that they killed Blob before the... They could make any fat jokes. Yeah, expense. he's just dead. I'm like, the okay. first shot of this is Warren murdering Fred. Murdering Fred. Blood. Murdering yeah. him. <laughs> Killing it's him. It's crazy. His wings have pinions? Or talons I don't know what whatever. they're called. I think, okay, so I think talons are like on the feet. Okay. I don't know. He has sharp bird shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the official. <laughs> on his wings. Mm-hmm. Right. And like they, they are things that actual raptors can have to the best of my knowledge. I mean, knowledge. it looks cool that he has but them, like, but I don't know why he has Warren's them. Warren's wings have never had those in my experience in any Marvel shit ever. Yeah. And then they were just like, now we need Warren to be really, really edgy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, because he's wearing pleather head to toe. By the way, this version of Warren, not a little rich boy. He's nope. like this goth punk boy which, which is so checks out. weird because we already saw him be a rich boy in the previous fox films like we okay, already but also saw that was later in time when he was also a child in the future so oh. i sure uh. yeah <laughs> maddie's having a panic attack <laughs> yeah well he has warren has a mullet and some pleather pants and he's fighting in a cage match because he's basically wolverine at the beginning of x-men 2000 there's a man dressed as like a circus what is it called ringmaster yeah. I don't know he's like really out of place with everyone there like there's a bunch of goth people and then there's a guy in like full on like 1920s this is what is the fucking movie that Hugh Jackman's in um, The Greatest Showman The Greatest Showman he's got a huge he looks like the, the person that runs Mulan Rouge he looks like him and I was like why is he dressed like this I'm like what is happening right now because it's East Berlin in the 80s and so people are wearing crazy outfits and they're goth they were not doing that shit Whatever. Here's 
Here's what I here's what I love about this stupid ringmaster guy though, is that all of his dialogue is in German. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and they start hauling Kurt in. They're like, "We're in Germany. Did you know? Du hast." Well, like, I don't know. He's, he says he literally says like fifteen lines of German, and then they push Kurt in, and he goes, "Nightcrawler" in English. <laughs> I'm like, "Why? <laughs> did you did you use up all the German you had stored? Yeah." And that's why you had to switch to English for this guy's name? It should be Nachtfalter. <laughs> Nachtfalter! Right? Or at least something like fake German sounding? No, he just goes German, 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 Nightcrawler. <laughs> also, Fred's dead. Fred's yeah, just gone. Fred's, I know you already Fred's, touched on They this. cart his ass out. He is gone. Okay, so by the way, they're gonna. This makes me feel crazy. So, first of all, they wheel Kurt in in this like treasure chest and dump him out. And they're like, all right, you can't, you have to fight him now. And Warren even says that you, he's like, you have to fight us or else they're going to shoot the both of us. And Kurt's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to have to, instead of just teleporting on the other side of this fence, I don't understand why he just doesn't teleport out of there. Like, I understand well, why he says he can't. He can't. But why can't he? Well, because why? in because this, electricity. <laughs> this version of reality, <laughs> there's electrically charged walls that Kurt can't teleport through. And that actually comes back in the Weapon X plot line. It comes back later. For oh, some yeah, fucking reason. They, like, invented, they invented a nerf for Kurt where they're like, if there's electricity, he can't teleport. Yeah. That's good. Literally... They just want him to fight Warren. That's yes, the reason absolutely. why they had to yeah. come up with a reason. Here's the, here's the thing, Ryan, is that we have explanations for these things. It's just that the explanations are stupid. Yeah, that's true. And they're forgettable. You're right. I mean, so they're not really helpful. And it really doesn't answer your question. I mean, why can't he teleport away? Because they needed to write a reason for him not to teleport away. So they created Ugh. one out of nothing. So they okay, they don't really fight. Uh, Kurt continues to teleport around the ring, looking fucking terrified and wearing a bad wig and being a little baby Kurt. And Warren is like annoyed well, up until the point where like he actually does eventually fight warren in which he like destroys warren's wings forever yes although i don't know because then when they're escaping in a second there's like a bunch of gunfire and i was did like that shoot warren? did warren get shot also i thought it's because kurt like slams warren into the electric fence for a really long time and warren's like oh no and his feathers are like flying off by the way mystique is here and this makes me fucking bonkers but again another reason i hate this movie is mystique shows up and i'm like damn they're finally gonna do this thing where they're like oh mystique is coming for a child Kurt and she's gonna tell him no they don't even allude to that she's just there because she's like oh I saw a guy here and I'm gonna go save him and like that's that and I was like (laughs) why would you even introduce this concept if you're not gonna follow through with it and also why does she want to save Kurt and not Warren or Fred or any of the other mutants present like why is she just saving Kurt it's so random so much more she shows up to save Kurt and then Warren's and she's like okay well whatever fuck you pretty boy (laughs) and also fuck Fred who's already dead Dead. and she doesn't give a shit yeah like okay Warren's an asshole but he's also a victim Mm-hmm. Right. Like when they say it, when he says fight or they're going to shoot us like they they very helpfully cut to like three shots of guys with ARs. Yes. Right? And as soon as Mystique breaks them out, those guys start firing on the crowd. It's crazy. Like this. I this... don't know why that's even happening. Me like, either. What but... is happening? <laughs> this whole scene makes no sense to me because, well, I do like that Mystique goes over and flirts with that guy and he's like, hey, you want my dick? And she's like, yeah. And she just rips it off and kills him. Like he, she rips off his dick and beats him with it. And then he dies. She pulls a lever. Don't know what the lever does right away. I think it releases everything. It de-electrifies the 
cage. Yeah, and so then the doors open. Actually, it's not just the cage. She cuts the power to the whole the whole thing. But then it's like chaos ensues because as Maddie says, it's like suddenly like the gunmen are just shooting at the audience and everybody's running away screaming. I'm like, why is this happening? Why is any of this happening? It's dark, Ryan. Oh, it's dark <laughs> and gritty. That's, that's it. That's the explanation. It's, it's dark, It's dark Ryan. and gritty. And it's adult. It's dark, dark outside, everybody. Okay. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason, though. I mean, you're not wrong. Did we Did we mention, by the way, that Warren gets... Uh, okay, so Warren is like, hey, you have to fight or they're going to shoot us. And Kurt is like, okay. And then proceeds to whoop Warren's ass. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, okay, there's a part in the next movie we're going to watch in Dark Phoenix when literally Kurt runs around. He's like, no killing. And then two seconds later, decapitates like three dudes with his tail. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, he he at one point throws Warren into the cage. He yes. does do that. And one of Warren's wings gets fucked, yeah. burnt, and yeah. like sagging. It, it very much is implied that like that wing is useless now which is sad because it's like that's how easy it is to just destroy warren you just throw him at the electric field and that's it like couldn't anyone else have managed to do that which definitely says everyone he has fought this far fucking sucks yeah Yeah. apparently so (laughs) apparently so which is kind of it's pretty hard to believe that he could beat fred there's a reason they didn't show us that fight because it's completely unbelievable like fred could just fucking stand there and be like you were a fly (laughs) buzzing in my ear well and it's definitely why they gave him the stupid and i i looked i guess they would just be claws because they would be remnants of like they would be like the little t-rex arms if they were yeah, still they would just be claws on 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 his wings right so they're so they're claws but like they gave him they gave him claws on his wings for this purpose right right because they wanted to make him more it, of a fighter how is warren gonna do anything yeah. no i know i mean especially <laughs> like, up I until just, he gets the apocalypse he power. flies at fred and like bounces <laughs> off and fred is like why, what was that for? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why would you make that choice? Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway, so Kurt teleports out with Mystique and watches her change into one of the guys chasing them in order to save him and redirect everybody else chasing them in another direction. And he's like, oh my God, you're Mystique. I'm such a fanboy. I watched your TV special <laughs> where you stopped by me though. <laughs> And she's like, no. Oh my God, now I can just envision like her mystique as blue, but she's like playing Spanish guitar with Charo or something. <laughs> like an old 80s TV Man, you know what? That's really funny. I like the idea where Beast is like, man, we don't know where Mystique has been for the past 10 years. And she's actually just been like shape-shifting into multiple band guitarists. <laughs> she's a rock star. She's Yuna at the beginning of X2. Yeah, right. She's won every Grammy for best song for the past eight years. And she's just been a different musician every time. It's actually like really really not clear what she's doing. She's saving Kurt. She's like, what I really want to do though is direct. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if she did, the movie would be better. Oh my God. Um, Couldn't be any worse. So (laughs) she is like, I'm not a hero. Let's get out of here. I'm taking you to Xavier's school, even though I hate it personally, but it's like the only place I can think of to take you. So let's go. She, okay. I'm, I'm interjecting. She's not taking him to Xavier's school at first. Where does she take him at first? She's taking him to Caliban. Oh, I forgot that scene. You're right. She's going to get him a passport and be like, okay, fucking leave the country. You are not my problem anymore. But she's not She's not instantly taking him to Xavier's. That is the thing that happens after she hears about what is going to happen with Eric. And right. Like five Ugh. scenes from that. Well, the next scene is the beginning of Eric's storyline. We go to Poland. Yeah. Oh my God, their house is the cutest house. I love their house. Yep. It's cute. 
And it's the most adorable little house. Well, it's all going to be wiped away, Todd. It's all going to be wiped away. I also have, is this Magneto? Honestly, he kind of looks like Star-Lord. That is a line in my notes. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, but like hotter. Yeah, I think he's prettier than Star-Lord. Oh, yeah, much hotter. So we're in the middle of nowhere, Poland. It looks more like Skyrim. And Magneto has decided to retire as an activist entirely. And he is married. Very strange motivation. For Very him. odd. He's he's totally closeted. Um, He's married to a woman named Mag. Which is legit, but then they have this child in here whose name is Nina. It's not Anya, the secret child that he does have in the comic books that right. also died. So yeah. now we're just inventing like a fourth child. Does Anya have superpowers? Does no. she have secret bird powers? No, this is like a brand new <laughs> character they made up and then like basically has Nature Girl's powers. I don't think Nature Girl existed yet. When he comes home from work from the foundry, which is where he works. And we see him like running machinery in a foundry, but it's full of metal. Just so that we know this for later. Mm-hmm. Insane place to work, by the way. He's like, I need to hide from the world as Magneto. I need to hide from people who know that I can control magnetism. I'm going to work at a metal factory. And I was like, Jesus work Christ. work at a foundry. That's fine. He comes back to his Skyrim cottage and his wife is like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. You're so hot. And he's like, I know. And then they make out for like 20 minutes and he asks where their daughter is. And she's in the backyard with quote, her friends. According, I didn't know the wife's name was Magda. Now I know. I didn't either. Cause I had to look at it when I was watching it. I was like, so is she credited as anything? And they're like, it's Magda. And I'm like, it's is Magda. It Magda. Sure. <laughs> and in the backyard is the daughter who's surrounded by deer. Yeah, because she can commune with animals. That's her power. She can communicate with animals, right? And this is the most fucking 101 level high school English symbolism shit, right? Oh my God, it's a good and pure innocent girl. Animals love her and will do whatever her bidding is, right? And then like <laughs> some birds fly up and put a Disney princess dress on her or some shit. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And, and as soon as I saw her, I'm like, okay, well, you're not going to make it to the end of the movie. <laughs> she makes it like one more scene. It's like, this is what I'm saying. It's like this movie. It's serious. That's exactly what happens. Like four scenes from now, I, I literally just have the note. Don't fridge the daughter. Don't fridge the daughter. Don't fridge the daughter. Two seconds. It's absurd. Also, I, here's my thought. We just finished Wolverine the X-Men. And I feel like this is truly like the next step from watching that show, because this movie introduces like 1600 characters without introductions we don't get their names they're there then they die and i'm like yep why am I, we're still doing this are we gonna come down from this like high of wolverine and the x-men's like absurd plot writing when does it end like i'm excited for the anime just because i've watched it at least i found that fun and it's not a thousand episodes but i am just like i promise you that it does not have the problem of yeah introducing like a million characters out of nowhere no it has like six characters that's it yeah it has a very it has a very tightly constructed cast i really appreciate that (laughs) but right now very little else right now i feel like literally we finished wolverine the x-men and the last thing we saw was apocalypse showing up and now we're watching that movie that's what's happening we are sorry we are and rant yeah start next rant in five minutes from now what happens after we see the idyllic the idyllic life of eric lyncher is this when we cut to um, 
Scott's parents being like, we. Yes, <laughs> this is when we go Alex- to Scott's fully alive parents. Corsair never flown a plane in this reality. He's just fine. He doesn't go to <laughs> like, space. Just he doesn't asshole. even need to like be a space pirate on this this movie. I mean, it would be fun if he was, but like he just needs to not be there. Well, they're both alive. Yeah, well, they're know. both alive, and Havoc is the older brother who's already a mutant and already Xavier's buddy from previous movies, and and his older brother now. I don't know why. Yeah. And so Scott has now revealed himself to be a mutant. And Alex has this line where he's like, I guess we're more alike than we thought. We're both gay. Yeah. And so they have to go to the gay school for gays. And then we go over to Xavier's school. And uh, Scott is wearing the bandage over his eyes and being a whiny brat about it. <laughs> okay, I have I have a question about this though. I don't have answers. Why? <laughs> Why would what what do the bandages do? Nothing. Like if he opens his eyes, it's not as if they're gonna stop the lasers. Right. Yeah. If he opens his eyes, the dicks are gonna still pop through the bandages. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. They're just gonna <laughs> spring out like slinkies. <laughs> what like, what have I done? <laughs> I don't know. You, you've, you've you've done, I'm going to be this. paying for this mistake somebody, for the rest of my somebody life. Somebody can draw this and send it into the mutantages at gmail.com. Draw us the fan art of, of Scott's cock vision. I, I'll go ahead and say I don't want to see it. I don't need to see that fan <laughs> art. I'd prefer not to. But it's all Scott can see. Well, that's kind of on him. This doesn't mean I have to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the only argument for the bandage... That sounds like a Scott problem. <laughs> the only argument for the bandage is that it's easier to keep your eyes closed if you have a mask on over it because then you don't have to like keep them closed i think that's true i don't feel that way i'm opening my eyes with a sleep mask on. if you're just like walking around in your day-to-day life and you're like trying to remember to keep your eyes closed when you like don't normally do that i feel like it's easier if there's something heavy on top of them like weighing them down reminding you don't fucking open your eyes i don't know yeah that's why i had an eye patch for the two days after i had my cataract because you just had to remember to keep that eye keep closed. keep your fucking eye shut <laughs> you know keep your I, fucking what eye i am shut. learning is that i would not be good at this guy <laughs> <laughs> well the the thing about the bandage that i think is stupid is that it's really loose right like it's obviously not helping anything it's draped around his neck it does look like a stiff wind is gonna blow it right off his face it yeah. looks like it's going to blow away at all times and then it's gonna open eyes and be like where did it go Whoa. <laughs> kills yeah, everyone it's funny that it's so loose so then scott runs into gene literally they bump into each other and Jane accidentally reads his mind and his entire life story because she can't control her powers yet. And he immediately makes fun of her and is like, you're weird. Get out of my head. <laughs> and she's like, don't worry. There's not that much to see in there. Scott Summers. I saw your whole life and it was boring. Social security number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Your password is Cyclops one. <laughs> <laughs> what happens is he bumps into her and then she says watch where you're going but she does it telepathically yeah and maddie and i were talking about this before the show started i'm like why would you do that other than because he says aloud how about you watch for your or some shit like that right and then everyone in the school turns to look at him like he's out of his mind because he's talking to thin air, basically, as far as they can tell. But also, like, he's not because she's right there. So couldn't they just look at them and be like, oh, I guess he is talking to, to Jane? I don't know. Like, I, I have don't, no idea. It's not that weird. I just, it just seems like some mean girl shit on Jane's part, frankly, where she's just like, I just want to make him look 
crazy. Listen, <laughs> Scott and Jean are also out of character in this, in which Scott is like the rebel Wolverine type, and Jean Grey is like a huge fucking bitch. And a weirdo who has no friends, as opposed to like the only X-Men who has any social skills, which is normal. Right. Her <laughs> and also, neither of them are like the founding members here. They're both just randomly here interjected because as we've learned, Jubilee has been with the X-Men since day one. Yeah. Poor Lana Condor. All her scenes got cut in this movie. Yeah. I mean, these are the kinds of things that I think bother you more, Ryan, in this movie, because the movie itself is so bad. Like, changing all of these canonical elements, like, okay, Scott's parents are alive. Alex is the older brother. Really weird. But if it were a great movie... I would forgive that because I'd be like, who really gives a shit about that stuff? It's just that it stands out because the movie is also bad and nothing makes any sense. And there's and there's like, nothing here to counterbalance that. Yeah. So it's like, well, then why did they also change all of these other things from the comics for no reason? It, it's just like it ends up being the only thing you notice because there's not really a plot in this movie. It's just kind of a series of things happening and like no one has any motivations. And right. I, I, it's you got nothing to hold on to. Here's the thing that gets me. That the Fox movies did that the MCU tends to not do that I actually think is a point in the MCU's favor is that it feels like every Fox Marvel movie. Well, okay, every Fox X-Men movie for sure feels like it has to be for an audience of people who might not know who the X-Men are. So a huge chunk of the early movie is dedicated to explaining who the fucking X-Men are. And the result is a story that makes no fucking sense every time. I'm like, we I don't need to see Scott's origin story or Wolverine's Weapon X flashbacks or whatever. Oh my god. Every single movie. Okay, well, here's mm-hmm. the difference though, is that uh Scott's origin story is only twice. Wolverine's Weapon X flashbacks are in every single movie Everything. and TV show repeatedly. Repeatedly. He has sometimes he has a Weapon X flashback inside a Weapon X flashback. It's absurd they're so worried you're not gonna get it they're so worried you're not gonna understand what a mutant is and what they're how they're misused or mistreated and the mcu does not give a shit yeah they're like keep up (laughs) the mcu is like here's captain america he throws a shield do you not know that too fucking bad he's gonna do it a bunch of fucking times get used to it i guess that's just a difference in filmmaking i would say a difference in filmmaking logic but like this movie is 2016 they didn't need to do this in 2016. You're right. And I do feel like that oftentimes in films, especially when it's adapted for something, they want to make it reachable to all audiences. But I feel like at this point, when you've already established seven films in this Fox X-Men film franchise, like you don't need to like explain it to. anymore. Yeah. You know, and at this point, this film is going against what it's already set up. I mean, like, well, we're just going to remove the metaphor. It kind of removed the metaphor in like X-Men 3, honestly. And in the process of doing all of this, we have to set it all up. Like the people that you're pissing off are the ones like, I don't know, Ryan, who know all this shit from the comics. And they're like, this is not how this goes. But like, I can I can live with things changing. Like, for example, I saw the new Resident Evil movie and I loved it where a lot of super fans were like, it's not exactly like the video games. But I was like, OK, but it makes sense to present it to a new audience to do it this way. That's what Maddie was saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that like if the movie was good? No, you I wouldn't I care. agree with you, but I don't feel like the movie is good is what I'm saying. And therefore, <laughs> it doesn't hold up in any kind of way because I don't feel like it's actually reaching a new audience because it doesn't explain any. It's doing the Wolverine and the X-Men thing where it doesn't explain who anybody is, right? Mm-hmm. Or why this is happening. They wouldn't even explain why Apocalypse is here. In our in our own unique way, we have spent eight minutes agreeing with each other, yeah, but making right. it sound like an argument. We're all really <laughs> mad. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, we're over an hour into the show and we're maybe five pages into the script. So this is oh, going God. really well. So we're, what I'm hearing is it's going to be a three-parter episode. Buckle up, folks. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So Hank McCoy shows up and he does get an introduction because we get to find out by Alex explaining it to us that normally Hank McCoy is blue, but he's taking drugs so that he won't be blue. Yeah. And they have a whole exchange about that before we walk over to Professor Xavier's class. He totally makes it sound like a drug addiction, too. He's just like, no, I'm on top of it, bro. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to meetings. It's cool. It's cool. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it does sound like (laughs) Hank McCoy. It does. It really does. So because... Charles is not over his ex. They're reading the Once and Future King for some reason in his fucking class. I think it's actually, there's only one book in the Fox Films universe and it's this one book. That's what it is. They went with that one. Um, So they're, (laughs) Professor X is reciting pieces of it and then he's like, what does that mean? And Jubilee raises her hand really excitedly, which I didn't understand why she did that. I was like, I I don't know. Yeah, that made no sense. I don't know why Jubilee's a good student. I mean, Jubilee wouldn't even be in class is another situation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I absolutely love British literature. This is so fun. Yeah. And then Xavier immediately ends class because he sees Havoc walking up and he's like, just kidding. Uh, I don't give a shit what any of you raised your hand over. Everybody's dismissed. Okay, that's what got cut, but if you watch all the deleted scenes, this scene was actually like two minutes longer where him and Jubilee have a whole conversation. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Wow, really? Well, okay, they cut all of Jubilee's scenes from the movie to make it shorter, but she has like 20 minutes of talking in the movie that got cut that sucks i think i thought that actress was selling the character pretty well kind of sucks man well you know i hate to say it but like most of this cast is white and brian Singer decided to cut the lines of storm and jubilee the most i'm not even kidding because the other one of the only characters of color that had any screen time yeah right because storm has a whole bunch of extra scenes that they cut from this movie they cut all jubilees and storm scenes yeah it's really fucked up i'm just pointing that out (laughs) saying the quiet part out loud Incredible. And <laughs> keeping in stuff that I'm like, I don't know if this is more important to the plot than the stuff you cut because I don't know what the plot is. <laughs> so it just seems really random. Well, I mean, what is the plot? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Apocalypse is here and he wants to kill all humans, but nothing that is in the movie really serves that plot. And I don't know why he wants to do that. Anyway, so Alex shows up and introduces Scott to Professor X. Scott is a whiny brat about it. And Professor X is like, let's see how your powers work. And Scott goes outside with him and blows lasers all over the water and the field and everything outside. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But that's a funny scene. I was so I was so upset about this. So I'm going to go through it in a little more detail. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're out by the lake. There's an archery target on the other side of the lake. And. Xavier says to Alex, he's like, kind of like point him at it. <laughs> like, like Scott's a gun. Yeah, like line right? Scott up with this. So like, line Scott up with this. And then, you know, then pull his trigger, I guess. <laughs> so he lines Scott up and then Scott is like, no, no, it's too much. It's too much. And Xavier's like, no, 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 I can handle it. It'll be fine. And so he takes off the bandage and instead of hitting the archery target, he like saws through the lake, I love that. through the ground and then bisects a tree. Yep. Right. Which instantly bursts into flame and like is slowly falling apart. <laughs> it's actually a pretty well made scene. And everyone's everyone's like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? Right. Except for Jean. Except for Jean. Jean's like nearby and she's like <laughs> rubbing one out. This must be what that line was about, Maddie. Yeah. In my notes. Jean looking on like, wow, I bet his dick fires lasers too. <laughs> is she in? Oh, it's more like she's like, Jean's like, wow, a dick just shot across the, the pond and knocked out the street. It's just like, 
Yeah, Scott is packing laser heat. <laughs> but what gets me is that Xavier then spends like six minutes going, wow, that was my favorite tree. My dad planted that tree. I think it was the oldest tree on campus. I think okay. it was my favorite tree. I used to swing under okay. that tree. He says all of that stuff for like a solid five minutes. And then you think he's going to be upset about it, but he's not. But also the some mutant must have like made that tree grow. Cause like my father planted that tree. And now that tree in the past 20 years has grown to the size of a building. I'm like, that's not how fast these types of trees grow, but nice try. But what gets me is like, because he's not mad. Scott is like, Oh my God, am I expelled? And Xavier's like, on the contrary, you're enrolled. And I'm sitting like, then Why? Did you tell him this awful story that has no purpose but to make him feel like shit, you asshole? That tracks for (laughs) Professor Xavier. If anything in this movie, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender sell those two roles really well. Also, (laughs) Alexandra Shipp, really good as Storm. I loved her Mm -hmm. in this as well. Although she doesn't get anything to do at all. She doesn't. And for what it's worth, I do like Oscar Isaac's version of Apocalypse, even if it doesn't make sense, but he's doing the role correctly. And it kind of ends there. I think Sophie Turner would have been good as Jean if they like gave her a script that made sense. Yeah, but (laughs) she looks like she wants to go home. In every scene, she does. Like she, she truly, in every scene, is like, "Are we done?" She's like, "Do I get paid yet? Like, what's going on? I've got to go be in Game of Thrones." And you know what? I kind of don't blame her. Yeah, I don't blame her. This version of Jean is very unhappy and totally ostracized at school, and like hated and feared by everyone. It's just such a different version of the character that it's hard to even really compare it to anything. It's just like, okay, yeah. this is this is this version of Jean. Okay, that's the story we're telling. I think alternate versions of these characters are fun when done well. Mm-hmm. The problem with these Fox films is that they... It just feels random. Well, yeah, they, they've made too many films that are supposed to be in the same canon and have also done like a time split in that same canon. And it's like, they're just writing themselves into a corner, which is usually a good thing, except they like can't write themselves out of the corner is kind of what's happening and so it just kind of gets worse and worse until dark phoenix happens you're like what is this even about anymore well we do get storm's origin story next which i mean at this point i'm just kind of like how many plot lines are we gonna do but uh we we have another one so we we go from xavier being the worst educator i have ever ever seen to cairo Mm mm-hmm and there's a woman in... Oh, you're um, right. This isn't Storm's origin. This is Moira's origin. There's multiple characters <laughs> in Cairo. My bad. I am terrible at knowing the difference between hijab, niqab, and all of those. So I'm sorry. I am I would almost certainly say the wrong one. She's wearing a headscarf. She's full, fully covered, so we don't well, recognize her. Well, she's full coverage, right? Except for her eyes. Mm-hmm. And she walks into the back of this falafel place, and they're like, they make sure to let us see the guy cooking the falafels and smoking a cigarette at the same time so that we know it's the 80s. <laughs> and like, she goes in the back and sees a guy with a rug just on the ground. And she's like, hey, is this rug for in Arabic? Because Moira speaks Arabic now. That's the thing. Yeah, because she's a CIA agent, it turns out. Exactly. Of course she is. It's just the thing that happens. She's she like, works hey. for the United States government. Moira McTaggart. Why, what else would she be doing? <laughs> <laughs> and she's not evil. What other Moira could there possibly be? Yeah. I mean, well, now you could say there's plenty versions of Moira, but you know. That's, that's a good point. That could explain some shit. It would explain some shit. You know what? If they if they went ahead and they were like, I know this is before Krakoa, but they're like, this is just after Moira reset the universe so she could be the leader of the CIA. Sure. Yeah, she just tried this for a hot second. She's yeah, like, right? I'm going to try CIA. She fucked it up pretty bad <laughs> she sure in did. the end. So. She sure did. 
She's like, hey, so is this rug for sale? And the guy's like, what the fuck are you doing in my backyard? <laughs> I'm like, no, the rug. Were you willing to sell me the rug? And he's just staring at her like, what are you talking? And then she's like, boom! She just like dragon punches him across the floor or something. It's pretty funny. It is pretty hilarious that Mora just out of nowhere is just like, all right. Yeah, she's boom. an action girl <laughs> takes now. The guy I can't out. remember what we rewrote here, but Maddie and I went back and rewrote uh, X-Men Apocalypse when it came out and posted on the Mutant Ages YouTube. I don't remember what we did with Moira, but I think we like changed what she was doing here. I think we didn't have her do this thing. I, I don't even had, think like, we had her here. I think we had Storm or Psylocke do this scene. I think we erased Moira. We just had Psylocke do a bunch of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, you don't need anybody here. Here because Moira is not the main character of this scene. The main character of the scene are some cultists who still worship Apocalypse and are raising him from the dead. Yeah. Moira just observes that. Doesn't he kill them all in like two seconds? Sort of. So like she she pulls over the she pulls up this rug and there's stairs. Yeah. Yes. That are going into the down. ground. And she keeps going down and going it's down like a and Zelda going down. Level of like, you know, Zelda, the original game, and you walk into a room yeah, and you yeah, move yeah. a block and there's like a staircase do, do, there. Do, 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 That's what it looks like. Pretty much is. And like what this falafel place was built over is the ruins of Ansaba Nur's pyramid from like right. a bajillion fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of these cultists that Maddie was talking about that are just sitting there chanting Ansaba Nur. And Sabanor sit on the chair, sit on the chair, or whatever, right? Like, and Moira is hiding from them, going like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> She's confused. So there's like this little mini pyramid underground that Sabanor is in, apparently, and it starts glowing. Right. And so Moira's taking pictures on a little tiny camera that she brought with her, and like looking pretty freaked out because she left she left the entrance open. Yeah. And so the sun. The comes sun down. comes in. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah. I couldn't figure out yes. why this happened. If the sun turns it on like a Hyrule level yeah. dungeon. Which is why they showed us that at the, in the beginning. But also, like, is this the first time that they've ever let the sun down there? Apparently? I, I Look, I couldn't figure out why it worked. I, I was like, why? I'm guessing that they pull the rug after them so that nobody sees it whenever they go down there and she didn't but didn't they have to didn't they have to like dig that up at one point and there was nothing that whatever i'm I don't, guessing they had lanterns or what i don't fucking know <laughs> i'm making shit Todd, up as like listen oh, how did they mine out apocalypse's pyramid and not have the sun hit it ever is my question with a backhoe i mean that's <laughs> what we're meant to believe is that the sun never hit it until this moment and that's why he's brought back to life it hits the solar it's the solar panel pit <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the pyramid, and I love it. Like if you look at the pyramid at the beginning of the movie, it's like the solar power bit is like a solid ten percent at the top of the pyramid, and in this scene, it's like six miles underground yeah. for some reason. Well, because of the pyramid got collapsed underground. Duh! It goes all the way down, and it wakes up Oscar Isaac, who's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> Like he, How, he what time is it? What time is it? What time like, is it right now? Guys. Like, oh my God, I totally overslept. <laughs> Fucking time is it, bro? And then he kills everybody. Yeah, well, and he, he starts forcing his way. Like he's literally telekinetically just like pushing the debris away from him. Yeah. Because he's kind of like in a little open space that got made. Mm-hmm. And in the process, he completely collapses this cave and Moira is running out of the oh, up the stairs ahead of the cultists like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> the cultists all get buried. Yep. 
because this movie loves killing drop people rocks on people. Yes, it truly loves to just drop shit. This on is people. like the second full on genocide that's now happened. OK, it's only like 10 people. But yeah, a lot of people are dying. I mean, there's a lot of side characters who die. <laughs> it might be the same extras over and over again. You know, probably. But at the very last second, Moira like dives out of this cave and is like, OK, I'm leaving. <laughs> He literally just runs out the door. She's like, damn, my life almost reset again. Yeah, except that it was her fault that Apocalypse got resurrected, even though she did it by accident. You know what? I think it was because she was so relatable in this scene that she was like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. And I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, right. She's like, bye, bitch. <laughs> and I think if it had been me, I'd have been like, I, I agree. Get me on the first plane. <laughs> I'm, <here. laughs> I'm not yeah. saying for this shit. I don't know what all that was, and I don't care. I'm gone. Except it's uh, not going to work because Apocalypse is back, and he's going to try to destroy the planet. So whoopsie-daisy on the whole sunlight situation, Moira. Um, Here's the thing, though. So it makes him escaping, Apocalypse escaping. <laughs> Apocalypse every time. Makes an earthquake, mm-hmm. which is felt in Cairo. Makes sense. Right. Like he he dislodged a lot of stuff underground. There's an earthquake that gets felt in Cairo and everyone's like, oh, my God, what just happened? But it's like all over the world, right? Yeah. And then they cut to people feeling it at the Xavier Mansion. And I'm like, "Okay, hold on. (laughs) An earthquake happening in Cairo that you could feel in New York would have reduced Africa to like oh, nothing. Oh, I see there would simply saying. be nothing left. Well, now. Maybe, maybe it's an equal opportunity <laughs> earthquake where it just shakes everybody about the same. I think what we're supposed to think happened because it cuts back to the mansion and then to Gene like phoenixing out thrashing in bed. Yeah. And I think yeah. we're supposed what we're supposed to think. Okay. The note that I have is just apocalypse waking up made Gene come incredible. Gene uh, <laughs> is having an evil wet dream. That's the true art of the dark Phoenix. But I think that's what actually happens is that there's no earthquake in New York. It's that Gene is shaking the mansion. Well, I think because Gene feels apocalypse waking up or the Phoenix does and the Phoenix is growing. Yeah. 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 Inside like her. she's resonating with whatever fuck off shit. He would was be, doing. Wait, how cool would it be if it wasn't apocalypse at all? And it was just Jean gray going cosmic and she's just shaking the planet around in response to apocalypse's bad dreams. I mean, that was what I thought it was. I, I didn't actually think that the apocalypse earthquake could be felt in New York. I thought this was just the Phoenix responding to like, sensing apocalypse awakening but it's also not clear in this movie or dark phoenix they never clarify okay what's absurd by the way is that this movie does all this setup with gene being the dark phoenix and then the next movie that's not what happens i know i i mean this movie makes it seem like maybe the phoenix is already a part of gene and it's not an independent entity right and then i think the next movie does the alien thing cosmic being alien thing that's what i'm saying these fucking movies man i'm so glad yeah i know they they much like the comics couldn't decide what the phoenix was the first time around and then changed it (laughs) the second time they just keep changing it it's uh pokemon yeah (laughs) charizard Charizard is here inside of oh no moltres is probably more accurate than a charizard Sorry, got to out nerd myself. So Jean is lighting the walls of her bedroom on, on fire, fire and they're like yeah. melting. And some other kids fucking cool, in the mansion are like all whispering. And they're like, oh my God, Jean's trying to kill us again in her sleep. Oh my God, I hate living here. <laughs> and Xavier's rolling down the hall like, everybody get away. I've got to go inside the child's room and, and cradle her in my arms until she feels better. Um, oh my God, oh, this whole, gross. I can't, I just... 
every time they do this kind of scene with Xavier and Jean, it's creepy. I really wish that didn't rhyme in these movies. <laughs> I'm like, it always feels sexual in an uncomfortable way. But also, like that is canon, which is sad. I'm not saying I, I like support no, this. I, I know but Xavier's always been creepy with Jean Grey in the comic books. Like yeah, that's but I yeah, don't think canonical. this scene is supposed to be creepy. I think it's creepy for us. It just I mean Brian Singer is directing <laughs> this movie. I will point that out. Oh I know. I just I appreciate that Xavier looks at Hank and is like make sure no one comes in. I'm like okay cool this is Barf. gross. He's like watch the door. Ugh. You're gonna tell Jean that this is their little secret now too he and I'm like oh my does. god this is the creepiest thing he kind of does because Jean is like, there's something else inside me besides my powers, and it's fucking with my head. And he's like, no, there isn't. Everything's fine. That's fine. <laughs> You're fine. You're just having a bad dream, Jean. I'm gonna haul myself off. Yes. Okay. My wheelchair Into to sit on bed. the edge of your bed. It's a little weird. Why? A foot and a half away. I didn't like that. And I'm like. You really didn't have to. He also did go into her mind. Like you, you, you super because he like he brushes a hand across her hair and like an everything's gonna be okay gesture. And I'm like, you could have done that from the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. So this feels kind of. I don't know why he hauled himself up into her bed like that. He's like, if you need to just sleep with me tonight to feel safe, that's fine. It's kind of like his vibe. That was totally what I was expecting to happen. Right? Yeah. By the way, before he she even woke up, he rolled in and went into her mind because she wasn't waking up and we got I this. I know. I thought this was one of the cooler parts of the movie is when we go in Jean's mind and we don't really see the world ending because of Apocalypse. We just see it burning down. Red. Which is fucking sick. Everything's I red. was like, this yeah. is cool. I like this. And you hear it was him, creepy. You hear him screaming in her mind and also outside like in the bedroom and I thought that was one of the cooler parts of this movie and I want to credit it because there's maybe like three parts of this movie that are good yeah. and that's one of them <laughs> no I agree I, I think most of the in someone's head scenes are actually pretty cool which is quite a compliment because that's really hard to do like yeah. other, other X-Men movies have been quite confusing on that point as to like what is and isn't powers we skipped one little thing that happened I realized that is important or is going to become important is that the earthquake does get felt in Poland? Hmm. I think it's felt worldwide, personally, because isn't there a news report soon that's like, there was an earthquake that everyone felt, and everyone's like, gee, that's weird. Well, that's actually the next scene, is Hank saying that. Hank and, and Xavier are going down the hallway towards Cerebro, and Hank being like, I had a device that picked up some kind of <laughs> worldwide earthquake. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, okay. But an earthquake that powerful would literally have just, like, obliterated Egypt. It would simply not be there anymore. But Todd's, whatever. Todd's it's fantasy. really stuck on and Egypt yeah, Todd not can't move just, on from this. I just think it's dumb, okay? <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But in Poland, in Eric's magical guilt factory (laughs) (laughs) a gigantic fuck off like foundry cauldron drops off the assembly line or something and is about to crush a dude yeah and Eric saves him that's true he's just like he throws out a hand he's like net uh crush sorry (laughs) And, and, and then all we see are like these two shots of Eric looking at other people and them looking at him and him looking at another person and them looking at him and like, I guess it's supposed to indicate that he's paranoid or whatever. Well, it's also supposed to indicate that somebody saw him stop the huge piece of metal yeah, from killing that, that somebody guy. saw him Three people this, saw right? him. I think three people saw him do that. But this, again, I'm like, I'm glad that he saved the dude. But at the same time, I was like, Magneto, why did you choose to hide in like a metal factory? <laughs> I know. It's also like, 
why did you choose to do any of this? Like, well, you could have <laughs> let the guy die. Like, that's kind of what you agreed to do. If you're going to be closeted, then yeah, you, you can't do that. But the implication is that he saves the guy so quickly that he doesn't even realize what he's done. I think Michael yeah, Fassbender's performance is actually impulse. pretty good there. Where he, it, well, It's I clear agree. that he didn't mean to save him. He just automatically did it and then was like, wait, fuck. Now everyone knows I'm a mutant. I'm fucked. And this is, I think this is kind of why it, the big dramatic fridging scene that's going to happen in a little bit uh, at the end of it, when he's screaming at God, which is the last thing that he does. Yeah. He's just like, I tried to do it your way, fucker. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I tried to be I in the closet. I tried to be a good person. <laughs> I tried to save that son of a bitch. And this is what happened. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I, another great performance from Michael Fassbender, where I was like, this movie's stupid, but uh, he's really giving it all he's got. He is, he is nailing it. I mean, he like he walks into every scene and gives it two hundred percent, and like maybe the rest of the cast is like also doing their best, but Michael Fassbender sells it, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, uh, Hank says that he used his instruments to discover where the origin of the earthquake was. <laughs> he says, he says, my meters, yeah, my meters, which is so my meters, weird word choice. It's like you know the meters, the meters that I have. The meters, aren't they going to say like? Oh, you know, Hank McCoy is using his instruments like, you know, the flute, the recorder, the clarinet, the piano. All I could think of is that stupid joke from Airplane. I think they're flying on instruments and they cut to the cockpit and everyone's playing like jazz shit. Okay, listen, I'm sorry. Airplane 1 and 2 are like some of my favorite movies of all time. So I'm here for this. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, the source is in Cairo and... Then they go into Cerebro and Xavier gets immediately distracted away from the fact that Apocalypse caused it by seeing Moira and being like, oh my God, Moira's in Cairo. She must have caused the earthquake with how fucking hot she is. (laughs) Like legit, like Hank's standing there being like, okay, so what's, what's going on? And she's like, well, she looks really hot. And Hank's like, okay. (laughs) This explains explains this explains the note I have that's like, she's barely aged to date. Jesus Christ, Charles. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Moira does look exceptionally hot. Okay, she looks great. Also, why did he wipe her memories in the first place? Yeah. Because he, he has to explain this to everyone repeatedly through the song. Because Beast is like, Yeah, because oh. everyone is like, why doesn't Moira remember you or anyone else here? Well, no, Hank, Hank is like, why don't you give her a call? And he's like, well, see, about that, I can't because I wiped all her memories. And Hank's like... Okay, not even gonna question this. <laughs> I really feel for Hank in this movie because he's surrounded by people who've made lots of bad decisions, and his reactions, I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, but he doesn't why, actually address Why are it. you doing he's this? He's just kind of like, okie doke, and then just walks out of the room. <laughs> like, he's just like, like, Hank is just the king of that, where he's like, you know it's what? It's true. All right. And, okay, Nicholas, Nicholas Holt is entertaining to watch. I like him, but it would be way funnier if it was like actually Beast from the comic books where it's like this big blue dude. Or like Kelsey Grammer again. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like, all right, anyway, I'll be in the other room <laughs> the dictionary. Goodbye. I would really like that a lot better. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know why the fuck. I don't, I don't know why Moira's in the CIA. I know we've already said it a thousand times. But <laughs> we just can't move on I from just, that. I can't move on from it. Um, so the next scene is the fridging scene. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is how fast this these characters are introduced and killed. It's like two scenes apart. It's ridiculous. So actually, a lot more people than just two are dying. So all these cops in Poland are coming to 
uh, apprehend Magneto because they know that he's a mutant and they specifically know that he's Magneto, who is like famous worldwide for trying to murder the president on national television, international television. As we learned. Yep. From the class at the beginning. That's right. Of the movie. And as we remember, because there was that whole thing where he like levitated a baseball <laughs> that stadium. Movie about it. <laughs> that? that was fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, how could you forget the stadium? (laughs) Um, So anyway, Michael Fassbender is running away from being uh, convicted of this absurd series of crimes that he did. So the cops in Poland are like, they kidnap his daughter in order to lure him out. I don't think they kidnapped her. Yeah, I don't. I, I think she was outside and they kind of were like, hey, little girl, come over here. And she was like, OK. Well, they are holding on to her threateningly. She is definitely in their custody. Well, I think they found her and now they're using her as like a bargaining. Well, piece. and because the scene starts with Eric in in the fuck cabin, like throwing things all over the place going, we need to leave. And the wife is like, why? <laughs> Yeah, Magda's like, like, these people love us. They're they're not going to try and kill us. And so when Eric just looks at her in the face is like, listen, you dumb bitch. I know. I've done this like six times already. I know. And Magda was like, go get Anya. I mean, Nina. And so they run out and they can't find her. And they run through the woods for like, I don't know, 45 minutes. Eventually. An hour. And all these people there, all these cops Mm -hmm. or constables or whatever. And they all have have bows and arrows. Yeah. Because they like, I don't know, metal free arrows. I'm not sure what they use for the tips but i think stone, okay they're using probably. stone okay. that's why i'm so mad about how this even goes down because like they're all standing there well okay <laughs> we'll get there i have my own complaint about that which is different from ryan's great i can't wait for everybody's complaints i mean they're probably on the same level of like it wouldn't the way they're about the same thing but they're two separate critiques of the same stupid result is it about like how it pierces them incorrectly whatever well here's what happens the the head guy is like hey uh, and holds up a magazine clipping's like, you're Magneto, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> he saved this article about He's Magneto. Like, I saw it in People magazine. Yeah. And, and then Eric is like, where are your badges? And the guy goes, no metal. Yeah. Uh, ah. Be prepared. And Eric is like, okay, look, I'll come with you. Let my wife and child go. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, the police guy's like, yeah, okay. Like, he lets the girl walk back to the mother. They're going to take Eric into custody. Like, this is what gets me about this scene is that the guy is like, okay, like we don't, we don't want to hurt your kid. We don't want to hurt your wife, but like we have a pretty good fucking reason to take you into custody, mm-hmm. which in their defense, if a super villain showed up and they're just like, Hmm, maybe we should take him in. I think that's fair. Right. They weren't weird about it. Yeah. I guess, is where I'm I, guess going I guess this. my issue is like Magneto saved a guy's life and it seems like no one cares. Like, Everyone yeah, is instantly like, yeah, we don't care that you saved that guy's life. We we need you to go because we're terrified of you. Well, and they also argue that they like don't even say anything about that. But they argue, well, we've been like with your families. We've had dinner. We've hosted dinner. You like, you know, we're good people. And they're like, and he, yeah, like he's a changed man. Basically, he's arguing he's reformed. A couple of them are like, yeah, we know. And then one of them is just like, no, I'm a racist dick. Fuck <laughs> you. you were lying <laughs> yeah, to me he's this like, whole I'm time. A fucking homophobe. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Okay, Magneto's like, buddy. I had dinner at your house. And the other guy's like, and you were lying to me you are a closeted gay and i fucking hate you yeah and it's like oh my god i hate you in your extremely kissable face and your dick sucking <laughs> lips Maggie's like you didn't yeah. hate me when i was under the table last week oh. Whatever. but part of the problem is that definitely not anya 
is like, don't take my dad away. And like she... Unlike Anya, isn't a human. She's a mutant. Yeah. And she pulls this tippyhedron bullshit where like 17 <laughs> bros appear out of nowhere. Oh my God. It's and she's just like, crazy. I'm not going to let you take my daddy away. And like this this kid is panicking. We yep. don't know anything about this child, by the way. Yeah. Or Magda. This is scene two well, with them. We know that the birds are, the birds are doing her bidding. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, it's pretty great. It is actually kind of And the birds, well, the birds start like diving towards. Okay. There's no like clawing. Nobody gets pecked. Right. Like none of that shit. Nothing it's just, happens. Yeah. Birds, birds are, just are like scaring in them, their basically. faces. Those guys could very much have taken Eric, turned around and left with nothing bad <laughs> happening. But they didn't. But they were scared of the birds attacking them. And they were like, oh, my God, let's let's fire an arrow. Well, I think it, it happens by accident, right? Yeah. Yes. Like he doesn't do it on purpose. Well, but also why did he have it notched? I mean, okay. It, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's, this scene is stupid. <laughs> That's is what stupid. I have for you. Like, it's pretty hard to fire an arrow by accident in, into something. Well, this is, this is my two complaint. <laughs> this is my complaint. Okay, so the birds are flying. Everything's chaotic. People are like, and you know, like if something's flying at you, the thing you're going to do is wave your like your, arm your arms around. Yes. In the air. You're going to cower. You're going to cover your face. In all of this chaos and people bumping into each other with one of the guys who had the arrow knocked lets it fly and it ends up piercing Nina's back and all the way through her and into the white. Yeah. So they both die. Guy. So it kills them both. With one arrow accidentally fired perfectly this into two insane. women. You, you could absolutely. They're, also, they're instantly dead. This isn't like they bled out or anything. They got pierced together and then in a second. They're dead. And they're just completely died. Dead. Yeah. And it was like, what? And then like it goes from zero to 11 in two seconds and Magneto's like sobbing on the ground. I'm like, I don't feel anything for you because I don't know who these characters are. I don't are. know who these characters are. I don't understand what even just happened. Okay, he shoots it at them, and it manages to go through both of their hearts, which means it had to go diagonally because <laughs> the kid and the mother are facing each other. And you can see that. You see it it's so- diagonally. I'm I know, like, it's crazy. What is this fucking It's like scene? a perfectly shot accidental arrow. Perfect. Right. I know. Like, it just happened to do this. Here's what gets me about this. You could absolutely, from a handheld, like a short bow, a long bow, you could absolutely fire a wooden arrow with a stone tip with enough force that it would go through one target to do some damage and into another, sure. especially if one of the targets is a tiny little kid. Yeah, that part I can believe. But if you watch the shot, <laughs> the guy like trips. <laughs> He's like, and lets his hand go in the arrow. It just kind of it literally he could have thrown it faster. Yeah. You have to knock that arrow. You have to have a really heavy draw to get enough force to get that arrow through two bodies at the same time. I know. But this guy just kind of like trips and falls. <laughs> and the arrow suddenly becomes a fucking Patriot missile and goes through this kid. It's and so I'm like, unintentionally funny. Like, it's like, feels like an accident. It's absurd. You could totally play Yakety Sax in the background uh, of that. It's like, how is this happening? It's absurd. And even Magneto, like, cursing God. I'm like, I'm kind of with you, man. Like, why did this happen to you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, nobody knows what's happening in this scene at this point. So, like, now he's crying. He rips off the necklace. I didn't see what it was. Is it, like, a Jewish necklace? No. It is it's... a cameo he gave his daughter 
that has a picture of Magneto's parents. His dead parents. Oh, okay. So it's instead of a Star of David, which is, that's ironic, Ryan. That's how I remembered it, too, was that it was a Star of David. Well, that's because I would think it would be awesome if he slaughtered people with the Star of David. And I it's think a that similar would be vibe. It's a similar vibe because it's his parents who died in the Holocaust. So it's still like, you know, he's he's killing a bunch of cops. Symbolic retribution. Sim- symbol of, right. of the death he's experienced in the past. But the part of why that pissed me off, though, is because I'm like, maybe you already has so many dead people in his life. Why did you kill these two people? Why <laughs> yeah, did you why? make up these two people to kill them? Because he already has such a horrifying backstory in his life. And they hammer it home even further in this fucking movie where they take him to Auschwitz and they're like, are you traumatized yet? Oh my God. I was like, pretty fucked up, honestly. Oh my- God. It's crazy. Like I, I, didn't, I just, I, and- I know that's the second half of the movie, the Auschwitz scene. But like, it's crazy that they're like, okay, Magneto's life is so horrible. He's going to be so easily radicalized because his wife and child die, but also everyone else he knows and loves is dead, and like that's his whole fucking deal. I don't know. Well, then he uses the necklace to somehow instantly kill everybody, which is badass. But I don't know how he manages it. I feel like I need to go back to the version of me that watched first class and goes, okay, that's jewelry. It would probably be silver or pewter. Yep. Yep. Or nickel or some other non ferrous metal. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's Magneto, it's so he probably Magneto did get it made out of a ferrous metal. Oh, where's a fucking steel pendant? Magneto! But I'm that saying fucking that, like, Magneto what would. What if Magneto just made it himself? Like, I made this pendant out of iron. It keeps the fairies away. <laughs> it does. It keeps the fairies away and the cops away. So he fucking murders oh every single cop though? and then screams into the sky in this pile of corpses. It's like rainy now. Is this what you want from me? Is this what I am? And God's like, yeah. And like the, impl- the implication <laughs> is Fuck like some bitches up. I know they're not listening to me, so you gotta fucking do it. All, yeah. I, all I can think of is that <laughs> that Taylor Tomlinson joke about how God needs to to get the rights to his shit back because the people who own it right now suck. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that that's how that scene ends, and I I feel like these scenes worked for me the first time around because. I was just taken in by the the Michael Fassbender's beard of it all, but uh, I mean it's hard not to be. I mean he's beautiful and he's he's gorgeous. It. He's selling it, but but watching it again, it's very much like why is, why does Magneto need yet another really fucking sad backstory? It really it's just too much. Yeah, it, it's it's I can't really say schmaltz because I think schmaltz is like a feel good scenario. This is not really a feel good scenario. It's like it's I don't know. too. It feels great. I love melodrama. Like I love JRPGs. JRPGs are melodrama, like to the tenth degree. Mm-hmm. This is too much melodrama, even for me. I like the idea that Magneto is a JRPG, though. Yeah, That's a he's, great a, he's image. definitely a JRPG <laughs> character. Absolutely. Look how tragic his backstory is. So the next scene is Storm getting introduced. Finally, I thought that Moira scene was going to be it, but no, we're going back to Cairo again for yet another character who's in Cairo. I thought when we first saw the movie, I thought that was going to be Storm underneath. I I thought, and yeah, I, was like, I did too. And then I saw the skin tone. Yeah, same. And I was like, huh, <laughs> I'm like, who if the y'all fuck cast is this? a white woman as Storm, <laughs> oh my god, gonna be mad. Yeah. No, instead it's Alexandra Ship. Although I will say, I really hate that her hair isn't white until Apocalypse makes it white. I think that's a really stupid retcon, and I Me don't too. know why they did what that. What is with Brian Singer in these movies? Okay. 
Brian Sanders like, listen, when Rogue goes in the machine, that's how she gets she gets her streak. When Apocalypse touches Storm, that's how she gets white hair. When Apocalypse transfers bodies with Xavier, that's how he loses hair. I'm like, but Brian Sanders, nobody asked what or how their hair got this way. <laughs> yeah, like that was just their hair. You didn't need to come up with a weird explanation for it. Like, it's just part of their fucking mutation, you dumbass. Did you read a comic book? No. Um, so Storm is uh, using her powers in order to distract various marketplace sellers like she'll it's like cool. throw down a lightning bolt and distract somebody so she can like steal cash from their tray <laughs> uh so we see that happen really quick and uh then she gets interrupted by some guys running after her and also apocalypse who's just walking around just fucking walking around cairo chilling yeah being like what's up guys i speak ancient egyptian <laughs> i don't speak english yet because i haven't yet absorbed all yeah, languages I haven't in, in absorbed history a TV from yet. a television yet but i'm gonna do that <laughs> later so right now i'm still speaking ancient egyptian and no one understands what i'm saying but he sees apocalypse sees storm and is like ah oh, sick a really powerful mutant which is correct so he follows her saves her from the guys who are running after her terrifying scene where he like morphs a guy into the wall i don't know how to describe he decapitates this. two of them with sand with that sand. was fun i thought that was fucking badass it is. So I was like, his Damn. powers are pretty cool i will say that like th- that's part of the things i like to watch yeah he melts the other guy with a wall yeah fucking until scary. only like his his mouth and his horrified looking eyes are visible i was like that is a grim fucking way to die did you see the part where like the sand was filling into his mouth and going into his body like that was fucking terrifying so he's like slowly being suffocated that whole thing is and storm sees all this and she's like yeah sure i'll take this guy home with me (laughs) she really is kind of like cool (laughs) like she's like those people were trying to fuck me up two seconds ago this seems okay yeah i mean she is in a precarious position so i guess it's kind of believable that she's just like well this guy's also a mutant i guess i'll hang with him yeah so he follows her back to kind of a flop house where she's living with a bunch of other pickpockets i guess she's like the fagin to their Oliver Twist at all? <laughs> like she's, right. she's she is running a crime ring, as Ryan said. Don't you mean Oscar Twist? Yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry, my <laughs> yeah, bad. Sorry, Oscar Twist. Little in joke. Little in joke for people who listen to the holiday episode. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. So she tells all the kids to leave so that she can have a private moment with Apocalypse, who's like an elderly blue man who she doesn't know. <laughs> and um, Papa Smurf is here. This is when he absorbs every piece of knowledge in the TV. I well, okay. There's there is a scene that happens in between her being saved and him eating the TV. (laughs) And that is Alex driving Xavier to DC. Oh, to meet Moira. Wait, to learn is that really about interjected apocalypse. in between that? Like, yeah. why? Wow. Who yeah. cut it that way? Okay, okay, I definitely know because I have the note hammer the word apocalypse a little fucking harder movie. And all I can think of is like. The- oh, that's the scene where Moira's like, there was a mutant who caused apocalyptic destruction. Okay. Wait, hold on. Wait a second. We need to address the fact that Xavier rolls into the fucking CIA with Havoc, freezes everybody there. He like goes into the room, shuts the door, and Moira's like, how'd you get in here? And he's like, oh, I have level five clearance. I'm like, bitch, they're walking around outside. No, it's worse. She doesn't ask that. He just says, everyone take a break. The whole room freezes. 
Right? Yeah. They, but that's and what the I'm whole saying. time he's basically just like, oh my God, I'm so hot for Moira. I'm so hot for Moira. And Alex is like, oh, this is going to go so wrong. Then when he's in the office, so the people are walking around again. I'm like, so like, do they not see that somebody's in the office with Moira? Like, they might what's not. Happening? He might be making it so they don't see him in there. Okay. But like, if they didn't see him, if they didn't see him, I was going to say walk by, but clearly he didn't. They didn't see him wheel by, then they would just think <laughs> Moira's meeting with somebody, right? Like, why? Why would they care? I guess. Well, also her office door is closed and I don't know. I don't think anyone's really paying attention to what's going on. But the reason why Moira doesn't instantly ask him, how did you get in here? Is because it turns out she has a crush on him and she knows exactly who he is because even though she's in the CIA and she's not interested in science research anymore, she still read all of his papers because I don't know, this is an alternate universe version of Moira who wanted to be a scientist, but became a CIA agent. I get the impression that she's still... She's still the agent who looks into the weird, fucked up shit, the supernatural. She's still shit. fascinated by mutants, is kind of what we what we learn about her. But instead of being a scientist as she should be, she's a fucking CIA agent. I'm not over it. I'm sorry, I, but I'm it, not either. I just think the scene is crazy. It's totally crazy because even though she doesn't know him, she's like, "But I do know you, and I'm in love with you from reading your papers." And then Xavier is like popping a boner, being like, "Oh my god, I can't even oh cover for the fact that I." already know who you are <laughs> and she knows who i am listen i don't even know if this was in the script or if this was like james mcavoy improving but i actually enjoy how bad he is at yes. covering it's up very the fact funny that brainwashed even though it's like crazy he's like, he's like it's nice to see you again and Moira's like what do you mean again he's like i mean see you for the first time ever and then he's like staring around her office being like do you have a husband or i mean are you married have you fucked anyone he asked if her kid has a husband her son is like what are you saying and the whole time alex is in the corner just it's like good. Oh it's honestly God. one of the better parts of this movie is james mcavoy trying to flirt with moira without letting her know that he wiped her memories that is one of the best parts of this movie it's, it's good pretty funny um and alex just looking embarrassed in the background also quite funny <laughs> so then moira takes out a huge folder and is like i guess you have level five security clearance so i'm gonna tell you all about apocalypse who i accidentally woke up <laughs> whoopsie <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he's the world's first mutant and he causes apocalypses in every timeline that he's ever existed. She doesn't say why or like what causes them. Or... She just says he pops up as the ruler of nations or empires or whatever, but everything he rules ends in disaster. So he's just like a really bad at ruling stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, like really like, bad yeah. at Sounds about right. <laughs> like... The comic readers are like, okay, this is Ensabanur getting to the like, oh, well, We've stagnated, right? So now we've got to wipe the slate and start over, which is mm-hmm. what he ends up trying to do with humanity in this movie. Not that that's a good explanation, but it's the explanation. Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he also gets four horsemen of the apocalypse. Also, I want to point out, there is a scene somewhere that we have completely, completely forgotten about that is not in my notes, but which definitely happened where Raven takes Kurt to Caliban in Germany to get him a passport to get him out of the country. That That's after the next scene. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet because we had, it's actually really weirdly edited because there's another scene where it goes back to Kurt and Mystique running around Germany like as if that scene yes. had just happened. And I was like, Even though a lot of time what? has gone by. I was very confused. Well, but it definitely happens after the fridging because Caliban talks about the fridging finding Eric. So Mystique and Kurt have been hanging out in Berlin for like two weeks. 
<laughs> before making their way to Caliban's. Sure. I don't know why that is, but sure. Um, the next scene after uh, Moira's big apocalypse info dump is, is the conclusion of Storm and Apocalypse's scene from before, where Apocalypse eats the television and suddenly can speak English. <laughs> and that scene is really funny. I, I laughed where he's eating the television. I just couldn't believe they did it that way. I was like, I, it was such it was such an eighties thing. Like I just kept, it really is. I, I just kept thinking of that old Genesis video, Lando Confusion. With the puppets. Oh my god. Yeah. I love that video. That's all I could think of. I was just kind of impressed by how fucking stupid it was, where it's like he just touches the television and absorbs all human history. I'm like, how? What? I get the impression no. he's supposed to be like reading television and radio signals from, from all time, from all yeah. around the world, but that doesn't make any sense. That's what I got too, but like, I don't understand how that would work. It's like really insane because he's looking at past broadcasts from like decades. Yeah, ago. It was definitely like, somebody, it was definitely how? somebody who was just like, we need him to absorb the internet. And someone's like, it's 83. There isn't any internet. Yeah, and they're like, I don't know, he's going to touch the television. Don't worry about it. I like how we cannot get past this satellite thing. What scene are we even in? I'm confused. I have no notes. I'm sorry. We're in Apocalypse eating the television. And so, yes. And so Apocalypse goes to Storm and he goes, the world needs to be purged. And she's like, you can't just go around killing people. There's laws that prevent that. And he's like, my child, why do you enslave yourself? Which that annoyed me as a lion. Storm is like, hey, we have rules. This is definitely consistent with my comics personality. Yeah, I was like, Storm, you were breaking the law earlier. What do you, what? Yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good point. It doesn't really make what any sense. Um, but she's basically like, it's too hard for just a couple of mutants to change everything. And he's like, it's not going to be that hard because I'm going to use my powers to make you ridiculously powerful and also give you white hair. And she's like, okay, cool. (laughs) And then she accepts the uh, gift. The next scene is Caliban. Although I do like that Apocalypse calls her his goddess. That's the first time in any of these films that she's been referred to. Not that she does anything with that, because now she's a goddess and she stands in the background for the remainder of this film. Yeah, I don't think she has any more lines after this. Pretty fucked up. I'm okay. No, I've lost the thread of this movie timeline wise because I'm looking at my notes. I've lost the thread of my sanity. And it's like, okay, so we're on this scene. And then the next scene is Hank talking to somebody. And then after that was already up for a prison break. But like that's Scott saying he wants to go to the mall. But that's after Kurt has been brought (laughs) To the mansion. <laughs> what is that? What is happening in your notes? <laughs> no, my, my notes are. I yeah. took these last night. These are in order. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> I, I took them as I was watching the movie. I would pause the movie and tap over. Well, at least you didn't delete your notes like I did. There's that. <laughs> at some point between the beginning of the movie and now, two things happen. Raven takes Kurt to. Caliban, who's this creepy looking bald guy who lives in Germany and makes fake passports for people and collects gossip about mutants and Psylocke works for him for some reason. This weird version of Caliban. He's basically like the leader of the Morlocks in this. I don't know why. So gay. Oh, he's ultra gay. He's basically like a Bob Fosse choreography character. <laughs> yeah. Like he's he's fully leading player from Pippin. Like it is. We've got magic to do. Like he's doing jazz hands, and he's like, "I'll give you a passport, you little bitch." <laughs> Snap! And Psylocke is in the background, being like, "I'm also gay, but like in a quiet I way." I'm here. I guess whatever i don't know why psylocke is in this movie but whatever as caliban is explaining he caliban is also like 
sort of flirting with Mystique. Or fucking with her is how I would describe this. One yeah. way or the other, it's fine. He's like, oh, also, uh, your ex-boyfriend murdered a shit ton of people up in Poland. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, she's like, He's, damn it, again? <laughs> she is visibly annoyed by this news, by the way. She just goes, oh, fuck me. Really? Grabs Kurt, does not wait for the passport. She's like, how far can you teleport? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, well, as far as I can see or anywhere that I've been before. I'm like, okay, that's not how it works in the comics, but fine. So, <laughs> so she's like, teleport me to Poland. He's just like, what? <laughs> so that's how she leaves Germany. And I'm like, why? If that was possible, why did you need the stupid fucking passport in the first place, you dumb bitch? Yes! <laughs> just leave! You would just teleport across the border. Like, what well, the fuck? Because, like, they didn't follow through with this plot line of him being her son. Instead, they, they go up to Caliban, and he's like, where is she going? And she goes, I don't fucking care. Right. Yeah. He's on his own now. And, and I was it's like, like why did you rescue him if you were going to then be like, I don't give a shit about this it person? It is so dumb. So, like, that... <laughs> That is a scene, and that happens. And then after that is another scene where Raven shows up at the mansion. But what's in between those scenes? Is there any scenes? Yeah, there is. Hank Hank McCoy gives Scott some glasses first. Okay. Some right, Ruby okay. Quartz glasses that he had lying around, quote. Do you know what's hilarious <laughs> is that this movie is so funny. fucking uninteresting and boring that like four scenes have gone by and we're going, oh yeah, that happened too. We're also like, what order did those <laughs> scenes go in? Because we can't remember with notes. But that's just it. It doesn't matter. I mean, it really doesn't. I The reason why I'm able to do this, and thank goodness for me having this, is that I have a copy of the script. Like that is the only reason that we're getting through this in order, quote unquote. So yeah, so Hank... Hank gives Scott the glasses, which mysteriously work for some reason. <laughs> They're a pair of Ray-Bans that have had lenses replaced with Ruby Quartz. Right. And Scott open- <laughs> Scott almost opens his eyes with the glasses on in front of a bunch of children and murders them. And Hank quickly nope. is like, oh, hold on. <laughs> turn your left. <laughs> Let me turn you around. Which I laughed it at was that. Funny. It was funny. It was pretty funny. I don't know if that was like intentional or if that no, was it's just No, it was absolutely intentional. No, okay, they I that was that. there are some jokes in this movie that they clearly wrote and staged and I was like that's a funny you one. You know, four or five tops. Now Scott can finally open his eyes and who should he see but sexy Jean Grey sitting under a tree being a total outcast who everyone is afraid of. <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, who's that hottie?" Okay, so Scott opens his eyes and he lasers off into the distance, but it's controlled now, so like Okay, cool, fine. Everything's red. And then someone says, we hear someone say, freak. Yeah. <laughs> At Gene. And Gene. Right. And then that's how this scene goes. So that Gene is just like, they didn't mean you. They meant me. Yeah. I am the freak. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott is like, so last night when the house caught on fire, was that you? And she's like, yeah, whatever. I'm the biggest freak at this school. <laughs> And I'm also a dominatrix. And if you're not into that, it's not going to work out. I couldn't tell how I felt about this. Because I was like, on the one hand, the idea that you have like gay on gay violence, basically. Right. Where people are like, oh, my God, she's too gay. That is not acceptable. Mm -hmm, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, like queer people can be pretty bad to other queer people actually yeah like that is a thing all three of us have observed i'm sure especially teenagers especially teenagers right so like part of me is like i get it and another part of me is like you are at xavier's school for people with like lobster hands (laughs) (laughs) and like and you're looking at g greg going like rick 
Like, okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, not right? really believable. What's, what's your mutant power, Brenda? Being a big Like, bitch? Glob Herman walks by, <laughs> yeah. and there's, they're like, he seems normal, but Jean Grey, Jean's a what freak. a fucking... You know, that actually would have been funny. I'd have bought that <laughs> if, like, some dude who's literally just a lobster with a human head, like, scuttles on by, <laughs> and the girl's, like, look at Jean, and goes, like, what freak, a fucking and then freak. looks at the lobster and goes, hey, Jim, and then just walks on. <laughs> <laughs> I have bought that. That would have been, that that been funny. fucking great. <laughs> oh my god! Suffice it to say, this is the beginning of Gene and Scott's relationship that nobody cares about at all. Nobody does. No, really, we really don't in this movie, which is unfortunate. And then Raven yeah. shows up. And you know what else I don't care about? Raven and Hank's relationship. Oh, god. oh my Sorry god! Sorry to them both. They oh walk in and they're like, "Oh, he's just like you're here to fuck me, right?" And Raven's like, "Oh." No, no, I love how, like, Mystique walks in and she's like, I see you're still suppressing your blue powers again. He's like, I see you are too. She's like, well, touche, you piece of shit. And I was like, what the hell is this conversation? And then Kurt's like, but I'm blue. I I genuinely love Kurt in this movie, for the record. He's pretty funny. He's very X-Men Evolution, Kurt. (laughs) He's trying his best. I feel like he's, like, actually in character this time, which is not to say whatever was happening in X-Men 2 where he was like, I mean, the God part, yes, but he was like not they keep that in charming and silly like Kurt's supposed to be. Yeah, he was too timid yeah. in X-Men 2, I think. Yeah. And in this movie, he's just kind of like a charming dumbass. I enjoy that. I do too. I like I liked Kurt in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he really reminded me of X-Men Evolution, Kurt. Yeah. It felt like Simon Kinberg watched a that show bit, yeah. and enjoyed it and was like, I'm going to go with this, which is very Simon Kinberg. Also, Kurt is wearing like a full circus outfit still. He's been wearing it for several scenes. I don't think I even mentioned that he was wearing like a circus costume i think he was wearing that in his very first scene in the cage fighting match right he's been wearing it the whole time he's still wearing it when they go to the mall uh, but then they give him the makeover <laughs> right. and they give him the michael jackson jacket after that yeah, yeah jubilee is like yeah you're not wearing <laughs> but then she puts him in a fucking michael jackson halloween costume which i'm like jubilee is that a better outfit for him because it's not honestly oh my god whatever so, mystique must have made kurt teleport them both to xavier's mansion why would he know how to get there i think they i listen i think they teleported to like a plane and they got on a plane and went there that's my thought but that doesn't make any sense it doesn't like a a plane from poland to new york is still like a solid six eight nine hours and they still need passports for that i don't understand this movie at all okay listen i don't know what to say how did they get to the mansion is my main question here it's not explained (laughs) i really enjoy the idea of kurt teleporting across the atlantic fucking ocean line of sight at a time but that's not what they did here that would take like a year oh my god no five percent of their ship he would die because he'd be too tired from teleporting midway through he'd be like oh Fuck, and then fall into the ocean and get eaten by a shark and die. Like, that's pretty much yeah. what would happen. Anyway, I have bad news. We have to stop recording and do plugs now. <laughs> because it's 12 <laughs> I love how we didn't even make it to the halfway point hours. of the movie. Did we get? Where are we in the movie? Like, how many more scenes are there? We didn't make it to the halfway point. We made it to page 18 out of 44. It's only a 44-page script that I have. It's it's very condensed. Okay, wait, so that's so almost we're almost like halfway, halfway through. We're almost halfway okay. through. So it's not that bad. I do think we're going to finish it next time and the reason i say that is because nothing the second half of the movie goes goes down a lot better than the first because they had they don't need to set anything up they've already set everything up in the first half except weapon x that uh, fucking happens listen we still have to introduce weapon x william striker wolverine and quicksilver so i don't know why you're here's the thing ryan none of those people matter at all (laughs) (laughs) like at all 
<laughs> I love at the implication all. that any of the shit we just spent two hours talking about matters either. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. This movie is like insane. I like was literally watching it last night and screaming into the Slack chat for the Mutant Ages being like, this movie is so bad. It's, it's pretty bad. It's, kind of like- it's just a series of things happening. I mean, more so than anything else we've ever watched, including Wolverine and the X-Men. This movie is just, just exhausted happening. And you're like, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm being made to watch this. I'm exhausted because we just did this in Wolverine and the X-Men. Why are we still doing this? Please I don't know. make it stop. <laughs> I'm like, just uh, slow the fuck down. Movies. There's so many characters in this movie. And I, I, it's, it's endless. It's fucking endless. Um, but Hey, we're going to do another episode or two oh about this movie and what we thought of it. It never ends. We're just like the X-Men apocalypse movie is just the apocalypse of the mutant ages. Yeah. This is it. This uh, is the movie that finally kills us. No, it might be. It might be. I don't know. I Dark Phoenix at least has fewer characters. I'll say that. And then for someone it. warns, and then someone <laughs> warns Bishop, and he goes back in time and stops us from recording this episode. <laughs> I would love that. I would love it if Omar Sy showed up here and stopped. Yeah, me. well, and the Fox films, Bishop does not time travel. No, he He's just sent dies. back in time because Kitty has powers that sends his brain back. I don't. These films, guys, could they have tried? Like okay, once. I'm, I'm just gonna end it here. MutantAges.com. <laughs> There's, it's there's, a place on the internet. There's a you can website visit. there. You can check it In out. In all podcast listening. Podcast, podcast listening podcast, I just said podcast like full on <laughs> Boston <laughs> accent flew out for a second. Podcast. Now I'm for clips. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Ryan, do you want to look up our highest tier Patreon supporters? And in the interim, Todd, let, let the people know where they can find you on the internet Wait, if they'd I, like to. Do they have to? They don't have to. You, you don't have to say it. <laughs> ScienceScene.net. That's where I am on the internet. That's that true. Is true. I'm just, I've never got a chance to say ScienceScene.net on one of these episodes. And I that forgot is about ScienceScene.net. Well, you can take URL. That is a valid URL. It's so true. I'm checking right now to make sure it still works. And I am a scientist. I am technically a scientist. That is technically my job. I am a social scientist. That's true. He is. At Dr. Todd Harper. There. <laughs> there you go. That's a place on Twitter that you can follow Todd. Twitter's still uh, here, so you may as well. It's still here. It's still fucking here. I don't um, think it's going anywhere, honestly. <laughs> I don't either. Unfortunately for us all, I it's not going anywhere. Uh, Ryan, we've got a Patreon, and <laughs> we got bonus episodes. Oh yeah, well let's do it. Let's do a shout out to our top tier Patreon supporters in no voice because I don't even know what I would want to do. So I'm going to say thank you, Samuel B, Soren B, and Zach S for being our top tier Patreon thank subscribers. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. <laughs> We, we appreciate you. you listening through the first 35% of this movie. I'm losing my mind. I feel like I didn't make any good observations on this episode. I, I was mad the whole time. Me too. That's also my <laughs> That's just it. I, like, I don't know what to say about this movie. I'm really mad at it because I'm like, they had so much here and they didn't do anything with it I, well, at all. They had too much, honestly. I guess I'm just, I'm haunted by the fact that so many scenes went by that all three of us afterwards went, oh, wait, no, this happened. We have to work this out. When did this happen? Did we care about it when it was happening? No. <laughs> did, did that matter to anything? No. Is it, 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 they, they, have, like, they have to work so hard to get all the characters in the same room at the same time in order for Apocalypse to like manipulate each of them. And it's like. Honestly, they just need to do what I do write scripts. When I write a script, right? I take all these characters, like all 25 of them, and sit them down for a dinner scene. And it works out great. That's what this movie needed was a dinner scene with all these characters. And then it resulted in the Apocalypse. Yeah, honestly. Right. 
Right. That wouldn't be bad. I mean, there's it's just that there's so many characters. We got to cut a lot of them is really what it is. I, 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 I know. Anyway. I mean, like they already were like, we need four horsemen <laughs> and then we need all the X-Men and then we need all the older X-Men and we need Weapon X and also the CIA. I can't and believe. The Dark I can't <laughs> believe that we are almost halfway through this movie and we are going to introduce Weapon X. Like we are going to do that later. Like that's coming. This is like what the fifth portrayal of William Stryker that is not the correct version of him from the comic books. Like why? But that's like the least of its problems, Ryan. Like it's like why would you even have Weapon X in this movie? Because this is supposedly a world where mutants aren't as oppressed anymore, but there's still mutant cage fighting and also Weapon X. But they go there and nothing happens. Like, I know that they go there and they have a scene there and then they go, okay, we got to leave Weapon X to go face Apocalypse. I'm like, why is this in the movie? Why did we cut Storm and Jubilee scenes to put whatever the fuck this is in here? I don't know. They can just go from the mansion blowing up scene to going to fight Apocalypse. We don't need to go to Weapon X. It's the same reason that Ready Player One exists. The audience really enjoyed seeing their action figures. Mm-hmm. They so they had to put Logan Wolverine. in. They had to put there Wolverine in there. <laughs> we need to make sure we put Hugh Jackman in this and yeah, make sure he's not wearing it. any clothes. That's, that's it. right. Brian Singer did that again. I'm going to do an unprecedented thing for the show. Next time on the Mutant Ages, oh. we're going to talk about Magneto blowing up Auschwitz. Next time on the Mutant Ages, Magneto blows up Auschwitz. Storm doesn't have any lines. Mystique is a totally different person. We go to the mall. Quicksilver almost tells Magneto that he's his son, but doesn't. But doesn't. And And uses up the entire CG budget in approximately three minutes and 40 seconds. Oh my God, this movie, there's no point to it. There's no point to this movie. Oh my God. I guess we have to end it there. See you next time. I don't fucking know. See you you next time. See you next time for part two. Maybe part three. We'll see if we'll ever get through this movie. Maybe we won't. Goodbye, everybody. Oh my God. Tell